tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. And welcome to Tin Foil Hat. You know who I am. You know what I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. There we go, dude. Oh, Everybody, shit. big debate on oh, uh, XG's uh, Instagram <laughs> on whether I'm being cruel and uh, and mean to him about that. They all think he's on time, but I think he's paying for those comments, like Bloomberg. Uh, join me as always, my good friend and yours. Xavier Guerrero, What's XG. Up? Dude, they were going on blast. Dude. Yeah, dude. I loved it. So, XG, you've been on the road doing some uh, Chicano shows? Yeah, I did Chingle Bling. It was pretty fun. Nice. Was it packed? It packed. Fresno, bitches. You know You must you love that. You're not with the old guys anymore. We're with the young dudes. The cokes are flowing. <laughs> the ladies are out there making bad decisions, uh, right? Good times. You're like, hey, I'd love to do this all the time. Fuck those tin for happy people. <laughs> Joining me as always on the one, two, just back from pound town in las vegas johnny Woodard. <laughs> what's up man johnny uh how was vegas though it was fight weekend could you feel it because i used to live out there and it would be like when fight weekend happened it was amazing Lots of English people. Yeah. Lots of British, drunk yeah. British people, right? Yeah, drunk British people. And you can yeah. always tell who they are because they were walking around with their collars up, right? And they don't have any hair, most of them. They're like, yeah. They, they all shave, shave their, their head? Yeah, for some reason. It's like and the then, hooligan thing. Now, did this uh, did this haunt your night nightmares? There's only one! Tyson Fury! Was that like everywhere <laughs> yeah. you went? Yeah. 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 Sounds like fun. I do. I, 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 I wish I could have been there. But I like I like those people. They're, it's a good energy though. When they're happy, when he when they win, when they lose, it's, it's first a whole fight's other thing. great. Second fight, well, I thought it was great. I'd watch him fight for a third one. I don't think it would be much different. I'd rather and, see him fight Anthony Joshua. Okay, first. this isn't punch drunk. Stop, okay. <laughs> uh, guys. You're the one that got into <laughs> it. Guys, today's gonna be a fun show. Uh, we're gonna be getting into the lost city of Atlantis. I'm super excited about that. I love these ancient civilizations. I love ancient history, uh, sacred knowledge, all that stuff. Uh, but if you want to see us live, we got some great shows coming up. Uh, this tomorrow night, it's uh, they're already sold out, so why even talk about it? Bam. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next show will be March 19th. It is Tin Foil Hat Live at the Ice House. That was just booked, guys. Uh, that is a Thursday at 10 p.m. show. Eddie Bravo, XG. We don't know if Johnny's doing this one. We don't know if he's ready for it. We want to get him up there. But uh, I'm going to ask Steve Simone to join us, and we're going to see whoever else we can put on this. We're going to do a late-night show at the Ice House, so grab those tickets now. And then the next show after that is April 11th at the Rec Room. That's right, 7 p.m. show. We're actually doing two. I'm still confirming with Anomaly if he wants to do the podcast. But right now... It's for sure a 7 p.m. show. Uh, Eddie Bravo, XG, 
Johnny is doing stand-up in that one. Martin Moreno's yep. in that show. Uh, and it's going to be a killer show of a lot of fun. So come on and down. And you can get the tickets now. Everyone's been asking where the tickets are. They're, they're out now. Go get them. It was a miscommunication. Yep. He didn't have the artwork yet. He was nice enough, Ken, uh, who we love very much, was nice enough to put this up. I am computer stupid, so it's very hard for me to do any of that stuff. Uh, so that is. And then May 1st, we are at the Tacoma Oh, uh, the Tacoma Comedy yep. Club in Tacoma, and that is a 10 p.m. show. And then we are at the 420. We're in Spokane, and that is May 2nd. Both those shows last time sold out. And then the following week, we're back in Chicago. It, it, we are at the Den Theater. You can get all those dates at samtripoli.com. I also forgot to mention that uh, we are doing a Brody Stevens, second annual Brody Stevens Festival of Friendship Live at the Comedy Store. That'll be March 10th at 10 p.m. Uh, all your favorites already confirmed. Uh, uh, Bobby Lee. Whitney says if she's in town, she'll do it. Um, uh, who else? I got a whole list of people. Adam Ray. Um, Matt Bronger. The lineup will be stacked. All proceeds go to the uh, Comedy Store Mental Health uh organization that they put together for comedians because this is a very brutal business it's almost like you gotta believe in yourself you gotta stay in it forever stay in it forever stay and then hope something hits and you always hear stories about guys who hit kind of late you know like joey diaz or or uh, mark Marin, or you know even bill burr to a point had little stuff here and there and then really didn't hit till he was almost 50 you know so you stay in it and then some point unfortunately it doesn't always hit for people, and then you're like, you don't have any health insurance. You don't have any of this, all that. And it's a great way to help people who uh, do something they love with no safety net. So, you know, and, uh, we just celebrated, celebrated. We just mourned, I guess, one year Brody leaving us, and he's in the back over there. And the, the only only uh, thing we put up on the wall, we should do it. I would love to have time to do that, but that will be the next thing. Uh, guys, today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Omax. Cryo freeze, guys. Living with chronic pain is the worst. It, it it's more than a feeling of discomfort. It affects your whole life, dude. Like you ever throw out your back, bad knees, uh, pull a muscle. Uh, I do that all the time. As you guys know, I take hardcore Krav Maga. I'm always learning to fight. I'm not afraid to take out people. I've taken like nine classes. I'm pretty sure I could fight everybody in this studio at one time <laughs> and successfully walk away. Okay, but I'm probably gonna get some nicks and knacks. I'm going to get hurt. I mean, dude, pro athletes deal with that all the time, whether it's pro athletes, uh, whether it's golfers, uh, boxers. Dude, uh, Roger Clemens one time had a fatigue groin. Do you guys know about that? That's when your old lady's out of town. You got a bucket of porn, a world record to break. That's called a fatigue groin. <laughs> you, you could use crowd freeze on anything. That's how good it is, dude. Okay? Get rid of the nagging muscles and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery. Then you need... You need it right now. Natural bre breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze, the CBD roll-on developed by Omax Health. That's right. Omax Health is now offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of CryoFreeze CBD pain relief roll-on. Please. Plus, free shipping. The discount also applies towards uh, any project site-wide. So just go to Omax CryoFreeze. Oh, dot, oh, excuse me, omaxhealth.com today and enter the code TIN40. 
foil hat. That is O-M-A-X health.com and enter the Tim Foil hat promo code and get 20% off crowd freeze or anything uh, site-wide. Dude, I use it. You know I use it, Johnny. We sent it to your dad. Johnny's dad is like 78, 90 years old, right? And he's banging strange all over the place because he feels like a 20-year-old. None of that is true. Uh, it's all true, Johnny. Will, except, it is true. We except did him send feeling younger. Yeah, yeah, we did what? send Yo, some. He's banging younger than 20? Dude, 18. Holla at your boy. He's not 70, and he's not banging anybody <laughs> but my mom. Okay. Oh. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. And thank you to our good friends at uh, Omax Health for their crowd-free spot and show. Because with that, this is how we have this amazing, amazing studio. And I have Johnny as an intern. <laughs> how great is that, guys? Uh, wow, enough of selling the bills, paying the bills. We do enjoy that. I'm trying to find this. Okay, now I'm going nuts right now. Now I am going. Don't forget to go on the Patreon. Oh, yeah, dude. It's fucking popping. Patreon, dude. You got the Black Aliens talking about Africa voodoo last week. I just did a half an hour. I usually do it, though, uh, on Sunday. But because of uh, the babies, Ghost and Ninja, I had to. Uh, I couldn't do it yesterday. So thank you, guys. Uh, we're almost at 1,000 subscribers. So go grab it, man. You're getting upwards of two, three hours every week. I try to do as much as possible, and we're going to have some more stuff going on there. And the t-shirts are rocking. We got some big ones coming. Go to tinfoilhattshirts.com. Grab your t-shirts. That was a lot. I know, but you know what? Business is business, and this is how we keep it growing because Johnny and I and next year have been talking about a lot more new stuff we're going to do. We want to start doing some, like, 20-minute bangers, hit it, quit it on, like, one subject, have somebody call in, put it out, a la Ben Swan style. So all that's possible. You have to support our sponsors. That's how it goes. Uh, this young man joining us right now to talk about little uh, lost city of Atlantic. This guy goes where the danger's at, okay? The danger's at. You tell him he can't go there, he's there tomorrow, okay? <laughs> he lives life on the edge. This guy's been confronting Rothschilds and the Bilderberg Group since he was 15 years old. I don't even know what I was doing at 15. <laughs> What do you do? You're, you, are your parents letting you fly? We're going to find out all this. Please welcome to the show, Josh Sindergaard-son, everybody. Did I get it? Josh Sigurdsson. Oh, you're close. On, you're close. Man. Not really. It's but. just I need to get somebody <laughs> on the show just to say names. Josh Sigurdsson. Close enough. Yeah. I, I, it's a pleasure. I appreciate it. God, man. My, <laughs> I have a great mind, and it's just got some brokenness. Someone <laughs> needs to do a clip of all the names. Dude, That there's not enough bandwidth on YouTube for that. <laughs> I started that for Punch Drunk, and it was about an hour long. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Johnny. Turn off your thing. We don't. This is where the real people talk, not the interns, okay? Josh. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I very much appreciate it. My pleasure. Josh, did we meet in Las Vegas? We did. Oh, you came we to did. the live Over, show? Yeah. Uh, after multiple drinks, I remember some of it. It was very good. But thank you so much. We yeah. packed that out. That was like, it was very cool to go back to where I started comedy and sell it out. And then uh, after this was a little bit of chaos. But you're part of that whole crypto crew that is in Las Vegas. I do like crypto, depending on the crypto. But I, yeah. Okay, talk yeah. to me. Well, I'm working in some lost city, <laughs> but I need to know what's going on with the crypto. 
Uh, well, I mean, it's like any market, like 96, 97% is terrible. And then there's like, you know, three or 4% that's good. And um, we have to bridge the gap between the centrally planned cashless society that's enslaving us all and uh, around the world and, and branch that gap between that centralized version and the decentralized version, which is the free market, you know, decentralized cryptocurrencies, blockchain infrastructure technology, Bitcoin, Dash, Digibyte, uh, you name it. There's a lot of uh, great cryptocurrencies out there that are safe lives in places like Venezuela so we you know we have to take uh, notice of that is Bitcoin one of those Bitcoin is the most adopted um, it's utilized by millions of people and it's saved a lot of lives as well a lot of people that would be on the street today that are now millionaires living off of Bitcoin and a lot of people in the independent media world live off of that after YouTube decided to fuck everyone and demonetize and start shadow banning everyone I mean Bitcoin has been a lifesaver to a lot of people in independent media do you see it, you know, we've had guests on saying, oh, I see it at 100,000, I see it. Do you ever see those numbers getting that big? 100%. Oh, yeah. I mean, in 2021, by the end of 2021, I would be surprised if it doesn't hit $100,000. You could take that to the bank, not investment advice for legal yeah. reasons, yeah. but uh, that's my opinion. Uh, but I do want to say, I mean, yeah, I, we, we're looking at the halving coming up on May 14th, which means the production of Bitcoin is cut in half. What? And so that the amount that's created on a regular basis is cut in half. That's scarcity. That's so much value comes out of that. Who decides that? That's not. It's already it's made. Math. It's math. It's already, it's already there. Yeah, it's already there. You it can't was, make any more. There's a certain amount. You can only make the certain amount of Bitcoin, and that's 21 why million. Twenty-one million. That's why it's going to be so expensive at a certain point. Now, is there any worry that that there's such advanced AI that an AI could crack the code and just start cranking out Bitcoins? Uh, it's a concern, but I've never seen any evidence of it. And I mean, as far as quantum computing and you know the government trying to override Bitcoin, the government's inefficient at absolutely everything other than murdering people. So yeah. honestly, <laughs> they can try as much as they want. Uh, you know, the free market develops faster. And you know, one day, Bitcoin will probably be replaced by other cryptocurrencies. No doubt well, about it. The Federal Reserve is trying to make their own uh, Bitcoin. I yeah. think that's hilarious. Yeah. Because that's just like Facebook. They're like, yeah, I know you all think we're evil, but we're going to make this cool-ass digital coin, uh, and you're all going to jump in on it. You're like, yep. no, we made uh, someone made digital coin because they don't like you. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like Steve Buscemi. Hello, fellow teenagers. It's like it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at things like the Bank of Canada came out with this paper called the Digital Currency, whatever. I forget exactly what it's called. And it was in order to combat Bitcoin, they're going to create their own digital currency, not cryptographic, but digital currency. It's like, how out of touch are these people that they think people are going to... It's a stable coin. You can't even make money off of it. That's where a huge amount of the speculation comes in for Bitcoin. It's it's just going to stay flat as the dollar goes down. I mean, it's a race to the bottom. It's stupid. It's like Libra. You know, it's like uh, 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 can, all these fe like Federal Reserve digital currency is like Mike Bloomberg comedy, right? It's like, it's so phony. It <laughs> resonates with nobody. Yeah. Nobody's buying into it. It's so yeah. forced. It's like, it's like, hey, dude, can you invite all the kids to my birthday party? And I'm going to have all the coolest things at my birthday party, but nobody's <laughs> showing up to your birthday party. Dude, it reminds me of Elizabeth Warren trying to drink beer. She like shoves half the bottle down her throat. It overflows. And again, it's like, hello, fellow kids. It's, it's <laughs> the most stupid thing I've ever seen. I mean, I don't know how these people could have made it 30 years ago. Today, people are on to Josh, that Josh, I love everything about you except for the pronunciation of your last name. Besides that, <laughs> I think I, I'm liking you already. Um, 
It's very interesting. So let's get into the story of you. Uh, where does this journey begin before we get into the lost city of Atlanta? Like you seem to be somebody who just likes to go where the the action's at. Uh, you know, we have a short life. And, you know, I look around and I see all these people that they, they'll call me crazy for doing it. Personally, I think everyone else is crazy. I'm the only one that's sane here trying to live my life. You know, uh, you know, people uh, live in little bubbles, especially the United States, Canada, Britain. People live in bubbles, generally speaking, and they're afraid of what they don't know. And I was, too. And so I faced it. It's like any of us. You know, you get stage fright. You face it. And that's that's how I've always been. I was a musician when I was younger. I was I did little. I tried to be a child actor and all that kind of stuff. Failed miserably. Glad I did. You know, for multiple <laughs> reasons. Um, and but you know, you you fail and then you keep trying and then you face every fear you have. And one of my biggest fears was the notion of getting my head my head cut off. I remember when I was a kid, I found some <laughs> web, web. I saw some website and I you know there's all these fucking horrible videos on these websites back in like 2003 and stuff like that. That, where you know it's just terrorists cutting people's heads oh, off, like Ryan.com. Like, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, it was this, this thing called Ogrish. It's been gone yeah, for like 15 I remember years. That, dude. that disturbed the hell out of me. Yeah, it, it gave me a bit of shell shock. I'm like nine years old, and I come across that. I'm like, what the fuck? But it, it scared the <laughs> hell out of me. I never wanted to go anywhere. I'm like, I'm gonna get kidnapped. I'm gonna get beheaded. All that kind of stuff. Um, so I booked a trip to the Sahara Desert in an Al-Qaeda red zone to hitchhike. Who, who's like, I'm afraid of Somalian pirates. Let's go <laughs> hang out with them. <laughs> I have a few friends that hung out with some Somalian pirates. Dude, I hate crocodiles. I ain't going to go pet one. <laughs> No, well, okay. There's a certain level of you know being reasonable and responsible. No, no I, yeah, I'm just you know I'm afraid of three things. I mean, petrified. I'm not gonna say what the third one is, but the first one is alligators, and the second one is alligators, crocodiles, and sharks. Like I don't want to ever. I, I like I don't know how Steve O put a hook in his mouth and jumped in the water with them. <laughs> like I would be like, fuck your show, get me the shore. I never want to see any of you guys again. But you seem to like to want to go there. Well, I would not be messing around with animals. So yeah. That's one thing that's off limits for me. I'm like, they're too unpredictable. And, you know, but I, I found out about this site in uh, the middle of the Sahara Desert called the Reshot Structure. It's uh, the Eye of the Sahara. It's one of the most insane things you'll ever see. If you guys can pull it up on the screen for people watching. I mean, it's fucking crazy looking. Uh, it looks like the Eye of Horus in the middle of the desert. Um, and what I found crazy about it was like I heard this one YouTuber named Bright Inside. He has uh, awesome videos. He did a, a video on this site. I'd never heard of it as a potential site of Atlantis. He measured it out. Three concentric rings. We're talking um, mountains to the north, exits to the south, exactly like Plato described. Now, the, what you see on the screen Holy there, shit. That, that's uh, animation. You might want to go up um, there to the actual. Yeah, you go back there. The one that shows the Earth. That one. Uh, that uh, one back. Uh, anyway, there we go. That that one. So you can see it from space there. Um, if you believe in space, I, I know you're not a big believer, <laughs> but hey, I, I still believe in it. But anyway, uh, so you can see this site from space, and it's, it looks like a giant eye. Yeah. And. Um, I found out like there must be some information on it. Someone must have gone there and studied this place. I mean, it has every hallmark of what Plato said was Atlantis. Again, exits to the south, the concentric rings um, with mountains to the north. You have the Atlas Mountains. Keep in mind, Atlantis is the island of Atlas. It's on the Atlas Sea, the Atlantic Ocean. It's in this is Mauritania, Africa, where King Atlas reigned, and just below the Pillars of Hercules, where his brother Caldes in in uh, Portugal uh, uh, sits. So. 
you have all these uh, combinations of facts that come together so perfectly, and I'm like, someone had to have gone there. I look it up, and like one documentarian went in 2011, didn't really show any footage of the site. The video looks like she shot it with a potato. You can't really tell what's going on. So I'm like, <laughs> I, I talked to a friend at a bar in Las Vegas, and I'm like, hey, you want to go to Mauritania, Africa? And he's like... <laughs> he's like, I'm just an Elvis impersonator, but fuck it. I'll yeah. go, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. He And he's like, uh, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, you sure you're not drunk? And I'm like, I'm calling you tomorrow when you're sober, and I'm going to find out if you're actually serious. So let me ask you something. Have you... Did you do anything like this before? Uh, no. So I've spent time in some uh, dangerous places in Mexico and stuff. I grew up in a rather dangerous city in Canada. and uh, Talk to me about the bad streets of Canada. Oh, well, you'd be surprised. Winnipeg, Canada is, is the da- most dangerous city in Canada. I well, mean- dude, let me tell you something. If people <laughs> don't think... I call it ghetto country, mm. and I love Canada. It's very nice, uh, but there's definitely hood farmers, dude. They're like tweaker, <laughs> fucking tractor what else riding, is there to do, dude? gun loving, like you know, drunk, you know, drinking and fighting dudes, man. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's some shady areas in some white parts of, the, of course, the notion that it's only black or mexican areas just i mean ridiculous there's really dude. there's very few black or mexican areas in canada but, well yeah uh, <laughs> the, the blacks in canada are called the toronto raptors that's what they're called that was an old joke thank you work that in uh but i have been there but you've traveled the world man and we'll get into landis but you've traveled the world like have you what i've learned is man when i've been all over the world what i've learned are people are people and they're good people and mm-hmm. the base is always good people yeah it's like either uh, the propaganda machine, the news, or the governments at the top that get us all to fight with right. each other. But they're all the same people. Uh, but on yeah. a basic, like I was in Afghanistan, I did, you know, I did a, a USO, and we got to go, and like they would have like a market, you would go a controlled market where like locals would come in yeah. and sell your local goods, and they were all the nicest people. Seriously. Everywhere I went yeah. the, the, around the world, they're all the nicest people. People are people. Yeah, anywhere you go, you'll find a couple assholes here and there. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, ev- everywhere you go, people are the same. They want to feed their family. They want to make enough money to live on. They want to f- They want to eat. They want to stay somewhat comfortable in their life. And uh, I find the same anywhere you go. And I've felt a lot safer, I'll have to admit, going hitchhiking across the Sahara, the Sahara than I would going from L.A. to Vegas. I mean, 100%. Um, but with that said, I mean, yeah, the number one thing I have to deal with when I travel, the worst thing I have to deal with is a government. Anywhere I go, the government is the number one thing in my way. The government's the number one thing that, that concerns me. Going into airports, them, they, they seize cameras in a lot of airports. They see my camera. Do you know what it's like going through Morocco even? Morocco's a tourist place. Going to Morocco with a camera, they're like, are you a journalist? <laughs> Always answer no. Never so, say so the, yeah. So the whole camera? Because I, I, I've heard them taking the SD camera, as in like whatever's in there, you got, can't take that with you. But they'll take the whole DSLR camera. I've had no friends, ma- they smashed them in, in right wow. in front of them. And that's um, not cheap, yeah. And you go through multiple checkpoints. I mean, going through the Sahara, there's like a thousand checkpoints. Every 15 minutes, we were stopping, and we had to hand papers over. And they're like, it's for your protection so you don't get kidnapped. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm in the back of a slaver van. I'll get into that later. Um, and I'm like, there, there's all, all these people are super nice. The last thing in the world they need in their life is to kidnap some white guy and then end up in the news, <laughs> then kill whatever is left of tourism in their country. And then them personally, they'll get beheaded in a public square later on. Like, they don't want any of that. Oh, so, interesting. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, number one thing I've had to deal with, you know, uh, in Italy oh. even, government 
cops, you know, I'm taking pictures of a public square, nice looking place. And, you know, cops come up to me with their machine guns and demand to delete all my pictures. They don't know that what the recently deleted folder is because they're <laughs> cops. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's the biggest struggle. Otherwise, I have no issue with people. There's a few people that try to sell you a bunch of bullshit on the street and try to make you buy a bunch of crap. But I mean, you just wave them off and be rude to them because they're being rude to you and carry on with your life. Uh, has there been any moments where you were nervous? Like, okay, this is somewhat maybe escalating. Uh, I might be in danger. Maybe nobody speaks English. I don't know how many languages you speak. <laughs> is there a moment that you're like, oh, okay, this is this is not good? I'll be honest. Uh, I, I think there's actually something wrong with me. I haven't felt fear. The last time I felt fear was when I was going through a minefield. Um, I, I was driving through for about 10, 15 minutes. There were exploded vehicles everywhere. My driver that I paid $150 to, who couldn't speak English, was white-knuckling it, thinking, like, what the fuck's wrong with these white guys, right? And he's driving up and down the stuff, and this guy honks at us. We skid to a stop. Turns out we were moments away from hitting a landmine. We had to back out and go around it. Oh, my and, God! Uh, 78 million landmines in the region of Mauritania, Western Sahara, Morocco, uh, due to a civil war that's uh, still kind of uh, waging or raging. It's, it's kind of like a cold civil war at this point, but... Yeah, it's 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 incredibly concerning. There's this no man land with a ton of uh, landmines, and the last time I felt fear was there. I was going through it for a moment. I felt freaked out, like the car is going to blow up at any t at, at any point. And I'm, it's on video in my documentary Atlantis in the Desert. But what happens is I uh, suddenly something snapped in my head, and I just started smiling, and I'm like. You know, at any moment this could end, but if it doesn't end, this is one hell of a story. And I got out of there, and all was well. And honestly, I the only time since that I get, you know, I've been afraid of anything is when someone jumps out at me without me expecting it. It's a moment of fear. That's all I felt uh, since I since I was there. You'd hate to be on a prank show, huh? I mean, like that's what they do on <laughs> prank shows all the time. So let's get into why Atlantis. What about Atlantis? If, uh, you know. It, Piqued your interest? Well, I've always been interested in ancient civilizations, starting off with Egypt. Ancient Egypt always blew my mind. And we have to remember that Atlantis is said to have been the starting civilization that led to the creation of Egypt and what we see in Egypt. And there's so many mysteries about the pyramids, about the Sphinx, the age of the Sphinx, all of that kind of stuff. And that kind of led me into digging into Atlantis itself because it's a dirty word and there's a reason why it's a dirty word because any academic any mainstream archaeologist dares to mention that word and their career is destroyed unless they're saying oh Atlantis that's a bunch of bullshit that's the only way that they can say that word without getting discredited and it's it's insane we're talking most of what we know about archaeology today Egyptology all that kind of stuff that goes back to like the 1850s Assumptions, if you actually look into the reason why they believe many of these places are as old as they are, it's usually because, oh, well, we found a little toy statuette in this little room here. So it must be dated to the time of Khufu or something like that. There's literally nothing else that tells them how old most of these places are. And it's insane that we're not allowed to study it. But anyway, looking into Egyptology and... Why uh, do you think we're not allowed to study it? Uh, well, we could ask the Freemasons a bit about that. We can ask a lot. You look at your dollar bill and you, you see a pyramid with an eye on it. You see the Eye of Horus. You look at Washington, D.C., and it's covered with ancient Egyptian... 
Egyptian uh, structures. You go anywhere in the world, you see New York Central Park. They got um, one of Cleopatra's needles. Same with uh, it, which which comes from Egypt. Uh, same with uh, if you go to Paris, if you go to London, if you go to any of the financial centers, they they know something. I've talked with some Masons that are really high up before that have alluded to the fact that they know a lot of stuff that they are obsessed with and they talk about all the time regarding ancient Egypt. The Romans were obsessed. The Greeks were obsessed. Everyone tried to mimic the Egyptians. And interestingly enough, the Egyptians told all of these civilizations that they got their knowledge from this earlier epoch. And so we could call it Atlantis. Um, obviously, Atlantis is the most well-known word for it, but it's a Greek word. Um, but it, it, we could say the same thing about um, Atlan, the origin land of the Aztecs on the other side of the world, or Atlantico, the origin, the origin land of the Basque people in Spain, or uh, Atlanticum, which is on the ancient Ptolemy maps in Mauritania, right where the reshot structure is, which I was the first person to expose. No one actually even knew about that. I put out a video a while back ago on that. You go to the Vatican. There's messages everywhere at the Vatican. It's one of the creepiest places I've ever been. You walk around the Vatican and all you see are Egyptian obelisks, uh, Egyptian monuments um, that, you know, most Christians would consider satanic, but you go there and it's everywhere yeah. you look. Yeah. yeah. And That's <laughs> some shady shit, dude. But this is what's interesting, though. Uh, it, Atlantis is one word for it. If you go to Egypt and you look at the Edfu building text, the Edfu building text talks about a circular city. And this circular city has concentric rings, and it was reduced in a night, a day and night of whatever they call misfortune um, to reeds and mud below the water. And the civilization, the seven sages, moved from this land out to the Nile to repopulate civilization after the flood. After the flood, they taught Thoth, the wisdom god in Egypt, all they knew, and, and he brought all the information from the ancient civilization to the new one, and they built all these amazing things in Egypt. Um, and I, th I think that's amazing. I mean, you, you, you look at that, every civilization in the world has a great flood story. Uh, the, the, over 600 stories, and out of those, over 400 have been analyzed, and over 80% of all those stories had no connection to each other. All around the world, in a time when we weren't supposed to be able to connect with each other, we weren't supposed to be able to reach each other, there's this helping hand. And I, I call it a helping hand. I get that from Graham Hancock. Because what I find interesting about the helping hand is, if you ever play a game of uh, telephone, you tell someone a word, and then 20 people down, it's a little bit different. Yeah. A little and bit. A little, usually much different. <laughs> yeah. But there's always variations of the truth in the lie. And what I find interesting is you can play that game historically. This is a historic game of telephone. So you go through history, and all of them have the same kind of story with slight variations. Noah's Ark, Epics of Gilgamesh, uh, you know, the Egyptian origin story, Atlantis for, for the Greeks, the Great Flood. Um, the Hopi Indians talk about it. Uh, you know, Aztecs, Incas, Mayans, um, you know, Olmecs. All these civilizations talk about the exact same thing. They have the exact same symbology and we're supposed to believe that that's a coincidence and i find that fucking absurd the more i look into it the more i realize that without a doubt we know this scientifically now a massive cataclysm hit around the younger dries period that wiped out most of the earth yes. an asteroid hit around greenland yes. at the hiawatha crater and it caused waters to rise dramatically high, wipe out everything in the world. Yes. And so you have Noah landing in, on Mount Ararat in modern-day Turkey. And right next to it, you find Gobekli Tepe, these creepy, demonic-looking underground cities called Derinkuyu, which I've also explored uh, in the Middle East. What are these underground? Oh, man. So if anyone looks up Derinkuyu, your mind is going to be blown. D-E-R-E-N. 
K-U-Y-U. Dude, you're good. You should be on the show just for the name, saying everybody's last name. <laughs> yeah. Dude, well, you're killing it. Uh, but one of the most amazing things about this place is that I, I crawled through the city. We're talking 18 stories. About 20,000 people could fit in it. No one knows how old it is, but the chisel marks at the top show that it could be as far back as 12,000 years old to a time when people weren't even able to farm. They weren't able, even able to get together as a community and and get food. I mean, it's crazy that we're expected to believe that they were able to do this unless civilization was more advanced. And this underground city is massive and it's connected to almost 250 other underground cities from the top of, of Turkey by the Black Sea all the way through into Syria. And it's amazing. And Mesopotamia we're area, huh? Exactly. Right in between the Tigris and Euphrates, I'm right where you, Noah's man. Ark was. And so I climb through these underground tunnels. Some of them are two feet high, so I'm crawling on on my chest and digging my way through there. So they Whoa. were little people. Well, that's a crazy thing. You go through these tunnels. It reminds me of the Nephilim. You go through these tunnels, and, and it's zigzagging, and suddenly it enters into this room where the the... Uh, ceiling is like six stories high massive archways and the stairs are each like two and a half feet high wow. and it's like so you go from what looks like tiny you know little people fit or, fitting through there to this room where it looks like giants were living it's insane and it doesn't make any sense at all and it's just pushed to the side by the mainstream archaeological community and it's right by Gobekli Tepe the most important ancient site in the world. Why is that the most important ancient site in the world? Well, we're told that civilization started around 3000 BC and uh, you know they, they said the city of Troy was a myth, Homer's Troy, then they recently found it and then they found out it's actually much older, it goes back for uh, about 4000 BC and this is a huge city. Um, and they were told that, you know, ancient Egypt around 3000 BC, Stonehenge around 3000 BC, all these places, they refuse to push it any further back. They're like, well, it doesn't make sense for it to be before that. So we'll just conveniently put 3000 BC on it. Let me ask you something, dude. We're, what, we're, what we're talking about is conspiracy here. There is a conspiracy to basically control the knowledge of w how long we've been here and maybe where we come from. Yeah. And you've mentioned Freemasons before. Mm -hmm. Why are they doing this? Why do you think they're... And what are they covering? Oh, man. If you want to get real macro, I'll tell you. Because yeah, this dude, is, we got all day, all right. brother. So I have, a, I have a belief that human beings are just the flesh vessels of a far greater... Uh, consciousness. We're fleshlights <laughs> to some, uh, not maybe you. I'm no, I'm no fleshlight, dude. Uh, but, <laughs> Johnny, is. Uh, but so I, I believe that I believe that um, you know our brains are essentially antennas that absorb frequency. Everything's made up of frequency. The Egyptians knew this. The ancient civilizations knew this, and they performed everything's that. frequency. What do you mean? Everything. Energy? Everything is a form is this of energy. Frequency. This your is table, energy. your laptop, it's your a program. Brain. Almost, would you say? Absolutely. Well, I, I don't know about program. But because uh, program would mean that an individual or something has programmed it. Yep. I'm not sure about that. But what I do know is that everything is frequency. The light in the room is frequency. Everything you see with your eyes is uh, pertaining to radio frequencies that you're absorbing through pigmentation, through different uh, sources of light. Your brain is an antenna. And like any computer, there's the $200, uh, you know, shit laptop that you get at Walmart, or you get, uh, you know, a macro computer that you can, you know, lift off rockets with. 
I mean, quantum computing, there's differences. Some people are smarter. Some people are uh, not as smart. You know, you have the ability to absorb this frequency in your brain, and then your brain acts as a computer to analyze data and break it down into bullet points for, for you to absorb. But no scientist can really uh, explain consciousness itself. And that's why I'm led to believe you look at all these ancient civilizations, they kind of allude to it, that these bodies are just a thing that we're using as a vehicle um, in order to, uh, you know, a analyze data uh, in this in this, this um, realm. dimension. Um, I mean, yeah, dude, I mean, we've been doing a lot of these episodes lately. And it's like we get different people coming on. And it's all and I mean, in a loving way, it's they're all Got the same points here, man. Well, that it's all like know, I'm, I, I don't mean it yeah. being. I mean it's like it's all the 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 pieces of the puzzles are coming together. Right. Well, I want to ask you then. I mean, so everyone kind of puts themselves in their body in a certain way. They, you don't see yourself from your hands. You don't see yourself from your feet. You look at your hands like you're in a possession of your hands. But where do you actually see yourself from? Where do you situate yourself within your body? Is it in your eyes, between the eyes, a little bit further back behind the eyes, maybe an inch or so? That's such an interesting question. Where do you see yourself from? Where are you? Most people say it's about two inches behind um, their eyes, between their eyes. Yeah, I could see that for sure, man. Right where the pineal gland is. I've oh well, very interesting, dude. I've also have memories that are from outer. My memory is from out of body. Mm -hmm. That's the memory, mm -hmm. and it's one very specific. Always plays in my head is me walking through the 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 door not the from the room that you entered my house that I grew up in into the living room. Mm -hmm. I always remember me walking in and it's the memory is of me outside myself. Right, right. A lot of people see that. A lot of people have said that they've died and have been able to literally give a, a perfect description of what's in the next room, a room in a hospital that they've never been in. Graham Hancock talks about this in his book, Magicians of the Gods, where he goes into dying and um, coming back to life outside of his body and then coming back to life and that's what made him a spiritual person wow. as he was an atheist until he saw that and a lot of people say that's your mind playing tricks on you but there's too many similarities between people's experiences when they die for it to be anything uh it for it to be a, co a coincidence i i don't buy that but i i do want to going back to you talking right. about two inches behind the yeah. pineal gland what were you trying to get at at that point that what what do you think that represents well, I think that it represents us. We see the ancient civilizations, yeah. Egyptians, Sumerians, uh, the Aztecs, Incas, Mayans, Olmecs, all these civilizations um, talking about the pineal gland. I mean, a lot of people claim that Osiris, um, the Egyptian god, um, who was a couple down from Ra, the original god in, in uh, Egypt, um, that he saw, or his hat, his um, crown, is actually the shape of a pineal gland. Um, if you go around the world, anywhere you go, in big religious centers, you'll find giant pine cones. You'll see statues of guys holding a little bag, and then it's installing a pine cone in what they call the tree of life. There's bird creatures, there's ibis creatures, there's um, all sorts of different beings that seem to have this same similarity. Um, pine cones at the Vatican, there's the biggest pine cone statue in the world is right there at the Vatican. Unbelievable. Right next to the Egyptian ex exhibit, by the way. And it is the weirdest looking thing I've ever seen. Um, not because it's just a pine cone, but at the bottom you have two lions um, that tells a story of a cataclysm. And then inside the building you have, and it's very strange, I did a video on the Vatican where I kind of piece this together. 
Um, mm. It's very out of place. There's a Greek exhibit at the Vatican, and there's an Egyptian one. What's weird was that they overlapped in one spot, and then it, they continued to show Egyptian stuff. So they show in one area Thoth, the wisdom god that carried on the information of the flood that wiped yeah. out civilization on both sides. And then in the middle, you have Zeus. Zeus was the one wiped out Atlantis. It, it, the connection is very interesting. You have the great flood. You have Zeus. You have Thoth. Both these gods tell the same story in a different civilization, and they don't note anything in the Vatican about this. They just put these statues together, and it's almost like they're mocking us. They're like, we know something. We're putting it in broad daylight for everyone to see, yeah. but you guys have no idea what's going on, Yeah, slaves. I agree, dude. I believe in it. Do you, uh, do you have any thoughts on Anunnaki and where that fits in everything? Are you an Anunnaki guy? Cause uh, well, I mean, there's many different words for it. I'm not sure 100% about Anunnaki. Uh, I felt like it when I was in um, Derinkuyu in that underground city. I oh, felt yeah, like I was a in giant some, man amongst tiny people. I felt like, well, I felt like there was some kind of um, underground civilization that was not human when I was there. They call it the Nephilim too. There's a lot of different words for it. Um, I'm not sure what I think about that entirely because I've found no physical evidence. But I'm I know that there's a lot of physical evidence that's been covered up by the Vatican, by the Smithsonian, by multiple museums around the world, the Louvre in Paris. I mean, the amount of information that's hidden from us right now is ridiculous. The inventory stila um from Egypt, which shows which talks about how the um these Egyptian gods, Isis found the Sphinx already in place when she uh, came there and built around it and that it was already existing from a previous civilization, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Atlantis. That was right there, and they called it myth, but a stila right next to it with another story that was slightly different. They said that was fact because they pick what's fact and they pick what's fiction, and then they tell everyone it, and repeat after me, Simon says, everyone uh, you know, in endorses their stupor and um, reveres their chains. And people think it's impossible to control the information. It is not, man. When you have oh, a... A, a group at the top that's been in control for a very long time, and they control all the money, and therefore bought all the means in which to spread the the information. Right. I mean, like the Catholic Church is probably one of the most brilliant things ever, because it's like let's not send armies everywhere. Let's just put little. Let's just franchise. Mm. We'll franchise all over the place. We'll control these people. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of these people are put in positions of power because they have been blackmailed into uh, doing what they're told. They have it on everybody mm -hmm. at the highest levels. You don't get there unless they got something on you and you have something on them. Yeah. And they control the information, you know, and they just and they, and and they control what we know. And they hide what we don't know. I was watching my back a lot when I was at the Vatican because I was simultaneously doing a report on how they found a bunch of bones of children under oh, the Vatican yeah. recently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I went to go report on it, and I'm like outside in St. Peter's Square, right at the, the giant Egyptian obelisk again. Here we go. Um, one of the biggest obelisks in the world, um, put there by, I believe, Caligula. It's their um, city of London yeah. and Washington, D.C. Now, I get mis I'm mistaken. Is it Washington, D.C.? Or is it where the UN is that the other? Uh, well, they have um, obviously. Well, the Washington Monument is one thing. Uh, they, uh, as for actual Egyptian obelisks, they have them in Rome, Paris. They have them in Turkey, in Istanbul. They have them in um, 
Greece in Athens. They have them in uh, New York City in Central Park, very hidden away. It was one of the first big uh, monuments in Central Park. No one knows about it. It's deep in the bush. And they have an actual ancient Egyptian obelisk that was sent over from Egypt, standing right in the middle of Central Park. And no one ever talks about it. They have it in the city of London as well, and obviously the Vatican. But it, anywhere you go in the world, if you have um, these Freemasonic free temples that we call government buildings, everywhere you go, <laughs> you'll find these obelisks. I grew up in Winnipeg, Canada. Um, we have one of the biggest Freemasonic temples in the world, and it's our legislative building. And it's a giant building with an echo chamber with rooms that only the queen's allowed in. Um, creepy Queen stuff. Elizabeth? Yeah, you got the five-point stars in there. You got... Um, Medusa above the stairs, 13 steps, 13 steps, 13 steps, all the way up oh in the Grand Hall. Oh, my God. And you have, uh, you have this obelisk statue out in the front of the building. One says past, and it says peace. The next one says present, and it says United Nations. And the third one says future, and it says Queen Elizabeth on or the Queen's uh, crest on the top of it. And no one has ever explained what that means, but it's really strange. Alex Jones went into it like uh, 10 years ago and made it kind of famous, but it is a weird thing that no one ever talks about. Why? Where is Queen Elizabeth in the power rankings, the hierarchy of the world? I mean, 13 families, Jesuits, uh, the banking cabal, city of London. You know, it's like she can't just enter the city of London. There's no. a whole thing that goes on she's not that powerful she's controlled i mean she is uh, basically part of a cult ritual her whole life is a ritual and she's supposed to represent god which is a, a blasphemy um for anyone out there that might be christian the notion of queen elizabeth representing god while children and children get raped by her family members and they, they cover things up on bbc and on abc news disney all those things oh yeah and we you know but she she has been she doesn't have that much power every single day she gives she's given a red box and she has to sign papers she just signs papers she goes to over 400 public functions a year so that's more than once a day her life sounds miserable she she has all this money but what do you do with the money when you're bossed around and told to go from place to place i think she's just part of a huge cabal type um ritual uh, house of windsor yeah the house of windsor was created in 1917 i believe after um their their name was sax coburg gotha or gotha and what was interesting about that is that there there was a huge hate on for on germans in britain at the time they're raiding businesses breaking windows killing germans in the street and then the royal family is is german so um king george the fifth changed the name of the family to Windsor uh, due to one of his advisors uh, advising him on it because Windsor just sound like a, a uniform name that seemed nice and all that kind of stuff. And um, in that time, the Tsar of Russia, his cousin, was about to be let go by the USSR and, uh, well, by the Leninist October Revolution. They were going to let him go uh, uh, into a safe haven in London. And th his cousin, King George V, turned him down. Uh, and made him stay there, and he got uh, slaughtered with his whole family, and then the communist uprising begun right after that. Um, this family does not even take care of their own. They oh, cast they're out brutal, Edward. dude. Yeah. They killed Princess Die. Yeah. They'll slaughter you in a heartbeat, dude. I went to confront Prince Charles about 
eight years ago. What? What, <laughs> what? What happened was I. So I have a sister that's very young. Um, doesn't have the same name as me, but um, she's very young. And at the time, she was ex- very, very young. And my whole thing is, I've never heard of anyone confronting Prince Charles, and there might be a reason for that. <laughs> and knowing how they react to children, I just decided. I'm just not going to do it. I, I, It was one of the only times ever that I looked at someone that I could confront. I just said, I'm not going to do it because I don't want anything happening uh, to my family, you know. But um, anyway, I, I do want to kind of uh, pull back as much as possible to, because you mentioned earlier, you asked me about Gobekli Tepe and why it's such an important I want to hear about it all, brother. Yeah. And I, I do want to uh, get back to that because um, we, can't, we I never uh, quite got to the point Welcome there. Welcome to Tim Foyle Hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even smoke weed today. But um, so... <laughs> I, what I wanted to talk about with Gobekli Tepe is the reason why it's the most important ancient site that we know of in the world is because we have this mantra of everything being from about 3000 uh, BC or sooner. And they found in the 60s this place on a farm where these stones were coming out of the surface and they started digging deeper. And they found out that this site, was, there's, man, they still have only dug up 5% of it. This site is about uh, 7,000 years older than Stonehenge. It's about the time of the Younger Dries period when this cataclysm happened. And it's this massive um, ring or, uh, you know, circle of stones with T-shaped pillars that have engravings on it. Not just engravings. Actually, they're cut out of the engravings. So it's like statues coming off of these things. These are people that couldn't farm. These are people that had no ability to build anything. Yet they built a better structure than Stonehenge by a thousand times. And I went there recently. It is unbelievable because again 95% is still underground they started really digging in the early 90s around 1992 and they still barely scratched the surface they've destroyed parts of the site by putting up you know a museum around it and stuff like that and it's shaped like a pregnant woman's stomach and it's it i believe that it's a physical stone formation a, a version a, re, a representation of um, the Noah's Ark, spreading the seeds of humanity, spreading the knowledge of humanity. It's tied to the Cygnus constellation and in parts to Orion's belt, like we see in Egypt, like we see in um, the Americas. And they're just these massive stone pillars. The deeper you go down, the, the better they are. And around 8600 BC, these people, for no reason that we know of, just decided to bury it in mud, making carbon dating perfect. So they were they just buried this thing on purpose and made a giant hill that they call Potbelly Hill now, Gobekli Tepe, because Tepe is hill in uh, Turkish. And so... It's an amazing site, and I went there, and I, you know, it changed everything we thought about ancient civilizations. But one thing I noticed was no one's talking about the dozens of other places that are have T-shaped pillars all around the region. So I drove into the middle of nowhere, no internet, in the hills of Turkey, into some farmland, and I found this farmer. I did a video on it. It's called Karahan Tepe. You are uh, the best, dude. And there's a site that is possibly twice as big as Gobekli Tepe there that nobody knows about. And there's T-shaped pillars jutting out of the surface. I went up to them. I was touching them. I was seeing these things coming out of the surface. Massive, uh, you know, T-shaped pillars. And I'm like, nobody knows about this stuff. There's a reason. Because it literally sh- uh, shuts down every theory that we have about ancient civilization, sets us back 6,000 or 7,000 more years, which basically blows a hole in every theory about ancient civilizations. It, you'd have to change every textbook, and they know that. So I think there's a cover-up on one side. There's a small group of people that is covering it up. And then on the other side of it, it's a bunch of stubborn scientists that aren't willing to look at new data and are only just... Rep- 
repeating the mantra of 150, 200 years ago because they want to keep their jobs. And that is one of the most destructive things we have to finding truths around the world and the origins of human uh, civilization. I think it's unbelievably important. What you have up on the screen there is uh, Mount Nemrut, which is close by. It's a giant grave on top of a mountain. Uh, I went there as well, did a wow, show on that. Wow, dude. Um, King Antiochus wow. uh, called himself a god and then deified himself with all the Greek um, gods of the time. Oh. It was a big So cult. this is all over just because they don't want to change old textbooks that are still old in high schools? Well, yeah, they don't want to change textbooks. They don't want to admit that literally every single. <laughs> they don't want to. I don't want to rewrite the books. <laughs> they don't want to. They don't want to admit that they've been wrong. They've been looked at as. Or are they doing the it authority. on purpose? Are they? They don't want. They're purposely trying not to let us know how special we are. There's a group of people that's doing that. Um, I 100%, but I also know, I don't think all, you know, obviously most archaeologists aren't part of a cover-up. I mean, not willingly anyway. They're just stubborn. They they don't want to ruin their career. They worked hard. They worked years to become, a, you know, what they are. And now if they come out and talk about this stuff, their career is destroyed. Look at Robert Schock. Dr. Robert Schock is a geologist, and he uh, essentially blew the lid off of the Sphinx. The Sphinx was mm -hmm. said to have been built around, you know, the, uh, 2500 B.C., around that period. Um, but he found with water erosion around the uh, enclosure that this site was more than likely built as uh, between 12,000 B.C. and 6,000 B.C., which blows—it's it, it's previous to um, the dynastic Egyptians. It's previous to their whole civilization. The head was carved down later. It was repaired around the time of 2,500 B.C. But is that something that you do if it was brand new? They put bricks on it. You could see water erosion all around the enclosure. And it was shocking. He went to the, the uh, American Geological Society. He got a standing ovation. He got awards for it. And everyone ignored him and called him crazy. And yet he was basically, they, any geologist that you show those formations to will say that it's water erosion. Water erosion is bulbous. It, it looks like the rock is dripping downward as a sediment that's weaker falls out as water runs over it through thousands of years. Um, wind erosion is straight lines. It blows out certain layers of the rock that's weaker with wind. But those are straight lines. We see at the Sphinx bulbous, bulbous formations that prove 100% that it was rained on. But wait a second. Mm -hmm. It's in the Sahara Desert. It's, it's on the edge of the Sahara Desert in Egypt. I mean, how does that happen? They haven't had major rainfall since 6,000 BC. And it, before someone asks, no, if the Nile flooded and flooded the Sphinx, it would not cause that kind of formation because it would be underwater. The formations we see on the Sphinx are from rain going down it and eating away at the sediment over thousands of years. What we know about the Sphinx is that um, there are so many renovations on it. They, the Romans uh, renovated it. And the, the best, most preserved part of the body, though it's missing its nose, is the head. But the head was the only thing sticking out of the sand for about 90% of its existence because it takes a few years for sand to cover it up to the neck if it isn't maintained on a daily basis. So it was covered up to the neck for thousands of years. And we're told to believe that <laughs> this water erosion happened under the sand over thousands of years of no rain. It wow. makes no sense. So that is what blew the lid off of it. He came out about that. And then almost directly after he came out about that, they found Gobekli Tepe. And it just confirmed everything he was talking about. In 2008, they uh, f 
finally admitted that the Younger Dryas happened. There was a great flood around uh, 12,000 BC, um, around wow. the time of the Younger Dryas. Science is confirming it. Ancient civilizations confirm it. And then you have no choice but bring that, bring that back to Atlantis. You have Atlantis, Noah's Ark, Gilgamesh. How many stories can we possibly have before people say, huh, there's more evidence of this than the claims made by the academics for the last 200 years. What are we missing? And you're not allowed to go looking for what we're missing, which is what I do. You know, it's very interesting because you see it in comedy right now where it's like nobody wants to rock the boat. And with the Internet, that's kind of allowed people to... Uh, a little more freedom, right? You know, it's like me. I'm just like lighting up people and nothing's <laughs> happening to me because I have a pirate ship and I have, you know, two guys on the pirate ship with me and it's pretty wonderful. Well, what happened to Ari? I, I mean, mean, technically, Ari, I mean, Ari had uh, like uh, may or may not, depending on who you talk to, had a Netflix special taken right, away, right? right. Um, it's a terrible joke, but he has every right to tell it. I thank mean, it you, was, dude. Yeah, well, absolutely. the problem is this, is that, you know, uh, everybody throws out the the rule of law yeah. when it's something that affects you, mm -hmm. right? You know, I mean, this is the second time in a year that a podcast, and it's one particular podcast, Punch Drunk, has been affected by somebody saying something involving somebody who's passed away, mm -hmm. and that... People dub that the worst joke ever told in the history of time. And they want <laughs> to scorch the earth. Now, I will tell you, the joke didn't land. Uh, people go, there wasn't anything funny about it. I go, well, you don't know the joke. I don't think it's a good joke. Uh, I mean, like, death is very, like, I mean, it's very sad. You know, I, I will take Ari's word on it that he did not know that the, the daughter was on there. Right. Ari's joke is that... Uh, you know, whenever somebody passes, there is a o almost overreaction of pa Paul Bunyan type extremes of what the greatness these people did. And, and you know, we could discuss Kobe. Uh, we see that all the time in elementary schools these days. I have a young sister, and I mean, that Juice World guy dies. No one knows who this guy is. He, he dies. Everyone's like, R.I.P. Juice World, and everyone's just hashtag <laughs> R.I.P. Juice World. I'm like, who is this guy? Right, he has, like, right. tattoos on his face and shit. I mean, like, who is this guy? That's what Ari does. <laughs> yeah. He reacts the other way. Yeah. He just, and, you know, when you're an edgelord, that's what you do. <laughs> now, I will defend his right to do that joke 100%. to the end of days. Yeah. It's not a great joke, but it's like, that's the joke. You know, we don't, like, it's like the ACLU. We can say whoever supports ACLU, oh, source, source, source. Whatever their function is, is defend the yeah. rule of law, which is, you know, uh, you know, you get legal counsel, mm -hmm. regardless of how hideous your crime is. Mm -hmm. Because you think this crime is hideous, it's just a matter of time before someone you love does a crime that you're, and they're, calling for their end. You're like, no, they deserve legal process. See, but you can't Ar pick and choose. But Ari did that with people he loved, too. Yeah. He did it with everybody. If you died and he knew you and you were famous on Twitter, he was right. going to let you know. He right. did it with Ralphie right. May. He loved Ralphie May. It was just his thing. If you don't like it, his fans love it. Yeah. Look, and it was I mean, for his fans. If, if I, I give everyone permission to make the worst fucking jokes in the world <laughs> when I die because, you know, uh, you know what's worse than, um, uh, you know, laughing at uh, at someone after they die is crying and being mm -hmm. sad. We have a, a long, we have a short life. You know, we should remember people with, um, you know, happiness and, you know, we should 
should remember people with a laugh every now and then. I don't want to go to my own funeral and see everyone crying and falling over crying and stuff. I understand why it happens. I mean, I've lost people in my life, obviously. We all oh, have. Oh, yeah. Dude, we just I mean, lost our friend Brody. I yeah, mean, like yeah. A he year was awesome. Ago, we were just like yeah. d- destroyed. And it's just... You know, and it sucks because I got to be one of the guys like Luis Gomez, me and a couple who have to be the bad guy and go, okay, everybody calm down. Yeah. We have to defend comedians yeah. that nobody else wants to defend because they're so worried. And as an actor, I understand it. I mean, people are going to go crazy, but, you know, an actor has to get so many green lights to get a gig. Mm-hmm. It just takes one person going, fuck that guy because I didn't like that joke. Dude. I don't want your gigs. So I, I got this partnership. I, I'm going to go defend comedy. Even people, even jokes I don't like, I defend. But I want to get back to uh, Atlantis. Yeah. You know, Atlantis is very interesting. Is that the oldest of civilization? Is there something that that uh, is predates Atlantis that we know well of. I think there's a lot of evidence I mean um, the Denisovan people there's evidence um, going back 60,000 years of really great technologies stone carving technology but with that said um, Atlantis in my opinion is just a city in an empire a global empire if you will or somewhat global at least we're talking maybe the techn- technological abilities of the late 1800s not like spaceships but um, I think they were able to harness different kinds of technology vibrational technology lifting huge stones with vibrations and oh, wow. uh, and that's what i believe the obelisks that we see are today they're tuning forks just like the pyramids um and the reason i say that is they were carved into and graffitied later on um, people okay. carved all this uh, you know all these hieroglyphs into um these uh these tuning forks and uh, the ones that weren't carved up and weren't destroyed if you hit it with a spoon on one end it vibrates perfectly to the top you can use cloud chambers it's been done before to use this kind of vibration to lift pebbles if you can do that on a greater scale you can do that with the rocks that build the pyramids wow but with that said we think of rome as the city of rome and an empire rome was based obviously the city of rome and then later on constantinople became the capital of the roman empire but the roman empire was a huge empire that spread out um, um, it, through multiple countries uh, today, all the way down through Africa as well. And um, it was absolutely a, a, an insanely large um, civilization. Um, and and that's what's, what I find interesting is that I think the same about Atlantis. Atlantis was a city, sure, but it was a main city in em- within an empire. And that empire, you don't have to call it Atlantis. You can call it the um, homeland of the primeval ones, as the Egyptians called it. In the, the primeval ones? The primeval ones, yeah. What does that mean? Primordial, primeval, um, the first people, the epoch, um, the people that basically spread the information to them. Um, we see that at the Edfu building texts in Egypt, which I'll give it, Give them this. Uh, they were carved out after Plato spoke of Atlantis. However, um, the, the, you know, the city that they describe is the exact same thing as Atlantis, the exact same circular structure. And earlier writings um, by the ancient Egyptians before Plato talked about an island that uh, the civilization once came from, the, the snake people. Um, and these snake people. Who are um, the snake? Are they the reptilians? The information. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know about. So I've 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 spent a <laughs> lot on, of time. Talk to me. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, there's a, a lot of different ways you could talk about it. You could call it intergalactic or inter interdimensional space demons. I mean, that's what Alex Jones Do you calls it. In I actually, that, dude? I think it's possible. Um, I think that there are people that can come from other dimensions. I don't think of them as aliens, like they live on another planet, like ancient aliens and stuff like that. I think of them as more of uh, an energy force or. Uh, a consciousness or a knowledge 
Um, I I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at uh, things like uh, I, I've spent a lot of time with David Icke. I've uh, interviewed him. I've, I've hung out with him in his hotel room for a couple hours talking about stuff. Um, and while he does sound like the most batshit crazy person you'll ever talk to, I think he's onto something with a reptilian thing. I just wouldn't call it reptilians. I think reptilians. What is a bad would you word. call them? Snake people. Well, I, I wouldn't call them any of that. I mean, I honestly, I don't know what to call them, but I know snake or reptile people gives it a bad look. I, I think people have, have, have just think, you know, Justin Bieber is shape-shifting on YouTube. Check out this video. And I'm like, no, that just discredits us. You know, there's a serious... Um, uh, there's a serious level of information that backs up the idea of some kind of other being that is, in one way or another, manipulating um, the people on Earth and perhaps... Um, you know, enslaving the people on Earth. Even um, there's Gnostic, uh, you know, scriptures that talk about how the Garden of Eden was actually a slave plantation in which people um, essentially lived on the slave plantation and were enforced by uh, Satan. Was actually it was God, and God was uh, what they now call Satan, and they switched it in our minds so that we worship the. Yeah, I'm not sure. What's I, up is really down. You don't believe that? I'm, I'm I'm not sure. I'm saying that it's an interesting theory, and I look into. It. I'm I'm very cautious about all that kind of stuff because I also know that there are certain people out there that have been trying to manipulate our minds to be very anti-Christian over the last um, several decades. Everyone has this gut are you impulse. I'm not, but. I, everyone has a, gul, a gut impulse. If you walk into a room and you see a picture of Jesus on the wall, the first thing is to like scoff, like, "What do you believe in Jesus or something?" And the guy, guy will be like, "Well, I just think he was a cool guy." And then you have to think, well, "Why did I have that reaction? What, what's been ingrained in my brain to have that initial just gut reaction every time I see something like that?" That is very scoff. interesting, and I, I I agree with that. Mm. What we've had discussions on who Jesus was. What, all that, what, if you believe in Jesus, believe in that. Whatever makes you a good person. But there, again, this goes back to them, this this group of people, whoever they are, the thirteen families who made a deal with these demons in uh, another realm. Whatever it is, they want us not to know how special we are. Well, and the Catholic they, Church is good at that. <laughs> well, they're part of it. The yeah. Jesuits, the thirteen families, and the international banking cabal. You know. They, they're all part of this thing. They don't want us to know how old we are. They don't right. want us to know whatever we live on, whether it's a round ball and we're not getting into flat earth, a round ball, believe whatever you want. I hope it's flat just for the chaos, okay? <laughs> well, we only use 80% of our brain. We, we have to remember that we are underprivileged as far as the use of our brain. We could be a lot smarter than we are, and there's something that's stopping us from utilizing that naturally. Um, but the Catholic Church worships a lot of these demonic entities that I speak of. They they practically push the um, symbolism of the Gnostics everywhere at, at a bunch of Catholic churches. They certainly do at the Vatican. Uh, they do through all of Rome and, and Greece as well. I mean, they're, they're Definitely, they 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 somehow um, worship this entity in one way or another. The same thing that the Freemasons um, seem obsessed with. So I'm not sure if they're the people or those are the entities that any of us should be, you know, dropping uh, on our knees for. You know, the thing is, um, I study the occult a lot, and unfortunately, there is a trend lately of people. Um, it, not just studying the occult, but then worshiping the occult. They worship an eye with a pyramid or a pyramid with an eye. They they actually start to um, believe in these entities as gods. I've noticed a lot of that in, in recent years. Paganism, that kind of stuff. Well, uh, the, are, are we talking like within Hollywood and... Um and into uh, like pop culture. Well, I, certainly in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. you know, it's like very interesting. <laughs> Growing up, you would uh, 
you know, I, I, I got the, you know, the 80s. You saw like Ozzy and all this stuff. And they'd yeah. be like, shout out to them. Not that Ozzy didn't sing that song, but, you know, <laughs> uh, but the bands that did Motley Crue, Shot the Devil, and all that stuff. And, you know, the Christians would come out and be like, they're Satan worshiping. You'd be like, shut up, crazy old guy. You're just trying to ruin our fun. <laughs> but now, as a crazy old guy, I I see, like, in hip-hop, it's, like, really yeah. prevalent, dude. <laughs> like, really. And in, like, all this, like, all, I mean, like, people are going, go, going triple, you're reaching too hard. But it's like, I see these pedo symbols yeah. all yeah. over the place. And it's like, they, you know, on, on Good Morning America, there was this, this cartoon he brought up from the 70s or 80s. And it's like some random cartoon he brought up. Yeah. And right in the middle of the, of the kid's chest in the cartoon is the exact same symbol you see in Voodoo Donuts. In, in Portland, which has the whole kid coffin thing and all the crazy, like, oh, darkness that's involved. And, like, Eddie Bravo, one of my best friends, like, we got, went got fucking voodoo donuts. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's just like, watch this kid coming up right there, like, right in the middle. Like, why is that kid got that symbol right in the middle, yeah. which the FBI says is a symbol for pedophilia? Well, none of the other kids do on there. I, I'm, it's like, and you're Next like, am I forcing shit? Yeah, well, uh, did you guys see uh, at the Super Bowl? Uh, the Super oh. Bowl is one of the kings of <laughs> satanic symbolism. Uh, did you see uh, J-Lo's dress was oh, yeah. shaped in the, in the shape of a bathroom? And they call us crazy things. I mean, like, <laughs> dude, Lady Gaga's whole act is the story of Lucifer. Mm. And it's like, even though that's not my thing, right. because I believe Satanism right. was just made to... To get us not to look at Saturn worship, they like you know, and Alistair Crowley, I honestly believe, was just a DJ that mashed up other people's shit and put together, and you know, and you have the guy who started Satanism. What's his name? Does anyone know who the guy? Uh, Anton Levay. Yeah, that guy was, uh, in my opinion, just a psyop to create this thing so people would look at Satanism and not Saturn worship. Because a lot of stuff that we get freaked out about Saturn Satanism is really what Saturnists do. And you can see that in ancient sites like uh, Baalbek in Lebanon um, and the god Baal and the Temple of Jupiter and Saturns. Uh, you know, you can some of the greatest construction in in the world is in Baalbek, the biggest stone used in the construction of a building, and it's multiple rocks up, multiple levels up, and there's no reason it should have ever been used. It's insane. It's insanely big. And then nearby are the stones of the pregnant women, which are the biggest carved stones known to man um, that are sticking, jutting out of the ground. They carved them perfectly and then just left them there and let them be covered in mud over, over centuries, over thousands of years. Who do we think have occupied... Atlantis like is there a special group of people was it just human beings from another time that was so advanced that the gods got angry that's a whole story that you see in the uh, in the scrolls of uh, you know the um, Sumerian scrolls right God the gods got angry and sent a meteor to reset everything uh, because we we're getting too advanced or whatever yeah. like who were these people yeah, like the Tower of Babel or something like that. You know, it's uh, interesting because uh, I believe humanity is quite cyclical. We um, grow and we fall and we grow and we fall and we constantly forget our past. And that's one of the things I've been really wanting to dig deeper into is 
um, the past that we keep forgetting and why it's so important that we back up our, our history for the next um, civilization because we will get wiped out one day. We will, 100%. And there will probably be more humans that will replace us in, in, a, in a future epoch. This is the thing. When you have an advanced civilization, they always live among or beside hunter-gatherers. Today, there's hunter-gatherers all over the world through the jungles and through the rainforests and through the deserts in Africa. I, I've met them. I've, there's hunter-gatherers that still wander around the Sahara Desert at the reshot structure with goats, and then they lose their goat, and you say, can we help you find your goat? And they say, no, I, I, I won't have anything else to do if I find my goat. So <laughs> they spend like five days looking. But, I mean, they... they uh, so, but those people still exist. But what happens is, you know, a civilization gets wiped out, and a few smart people are left, and those smart people... Uh, and by smart, I mean technologically smart. Most of us are really fucking stupid yep. when it comes to, like, survival. But, um, it, you know, the civilization um, gets killed off and you have a few of the techno technically smart people left. And they, to survive, go and live among the hunter-gatherer people as they would, as anyone would. If I, The first thing I'm thinking of if um, an asteroid hits the Earth and all the technology goes down and everyone starts murdering each other and everyone starves is I'm going to go live in the jungle with some hunter-gatherers and hopefully they'll become my friend. And then um, so... Let's say that did happen and you went yeah. to live with them. And then after a while, someone runs into the Statue of Liberty. Is that right. what happened with the pyramids, basically? Well, and they're the like, statue? I created that. <laughs> or they'll just say, like, we built that when not technically they didn't. It was a civilization right. before them. Well, yeah, you make use of old spaces, though. I don't think the Statue of Liberty is going to last 12,000 years. Actually, in 12,000 years, um, we've mapped out recent human civilization. And from our modern civilization, the one we have today, um, all that will be left in 12,000 years is a, a pieces of the Hoover Dam. That's uh, We're gone. I mean, we, we have not built like other past civilizations have all these cities all the cityscape it'll all be reversed to dust metal will turn into dust yeah um, the only thing road. left will be rock and that's what's interesting is because you have um and even the roads will turn to, to turn to mud but i mean we have all these civilizations and we say oh well they built these stone structures obviously they were primitive i'm like Primitive, we still can't build the pyramids today. That's not primitive. We cannot replicate what they did. We simply cannot. And they built it to perfect uh, mathematical pi and phi, phi being 1 plus 1 equals 2, 1 plus 2 equals 3, three plus, uh, 2 plus 3 equals 5, 3 plus 5 equals, you know, and, and on and on and on. Um, it's an echo chamber. It reverberates to the top through limestone and granite uh, to a gold capstone that they believe was at the top. I mean, these were amazing structures, but they say, well, all we see is stone. Well, how do we know there wasn't metal or some kind of other material? Who do who are we to say that they invented plastic in this uh, past civilization? All, all we have left is a rock because glass would turn into sand, and um, you know things like uh, wood, wooden structures would have been. If not, if they were fossilized, that's a possibility. But mostly, they would just turn into soil and compost. And all these um, metal structures would be nothing. They'd rust up and just disintegrate. So all you'd have left is stone. So when we say, oh, these are Stone Age people, they're primitive. It's like, well, that's what we see today. That's all we have today. That's all we have left today. So how do we know that they didn't have other materials that they use that just disintegrated over time? You know, I just find that the gatekeepers control the message. Yeah. And, you know, you see it in Hollywood. You know, it's very interesting to see how everybody looks at L.A. They think it's like what you see on television. And there's a lot of people. There's, there's some wonderful art being made in this town. It's like Mark Maron says, dude, the talent pool in Los Angeles is Olympic size. But what you see on television is just a lot of corporatist dog shit. Mm. 
and it's controlled. The gatekeepers control. The world is a stage. And if there's only one stairwell to the stage, whoever controls that controls the way people see the mm -hmm. world. And that's kind of what's going on here. Yeah. And again, it goes back to this group of people not wanting us to know how special we are. Absolutely. And the opportunities that arise from being human are just unbelievably brilliant. And that's one of the things that motivates me the most is why I uh, went to Mauritania. It's why I did this hitchhiking, because, I, you know, for me, it's I think there's a conspiracy to stop people from traveling because they want people in bubbles. They want people divided and they want these fucking people that are offended by fucking everything to be offended by everything and, and feel like they're underprivileged. Yeah. They, they want them to feel underprivileged when they are so insanely privilege i've seen the happiest people i've ever met in my life have been in places in the in third world africa in the middle of the desert no air conditioning 130 degrees and wind blowing sand in your face all day you can't go in the sun or you die you have to sleep in the shade all day and then work at night because it's so insanely hot and the conditions are terrible. There's no running water. People are shitting in the streets. There's, you know, goats walking around and, and you know, shitting in puddles. And then they drink from that. I mean, it's insane. They die at such a huge rate. But they're the happiest people I've ever met. They're living in shacks. They'll give the shirt off the back uh, off their back to you. Even if they don't have a shirt, they'll find something to give you. They're the nicest people I've ever met. And it's crazy because we're taught to believe that these people are not only just primitive, but scary. And they'll cut your head off and all that kind of stuff. Well, I, I've seen it for myself. They're the happiest people ever. Ever, I, I was at a hostel on the border of um, Western Sahara, a uh, civil war disputed country, and Mauritania. This is right by the minefield. We're surrounded by landmines. There's raw sewage running in the back behind the hostel. I got the nicest room in the place, and everyone else was sleeping in the front lobby. But I'm like some stupid Westerner, so I come out there. I'm like, uh, yeah, $20 because uh, we missed the border because they closed it at 6 p.m. It's all in my documentary, but we um, go into this hostel and pay $20 for this room with Hello Kitty pillows. One of us is sleeping <laughs> on the floor, and all fucking night, I was waking up with cockroaches on my face. I, they're trying to crawl up my nose or uh, oh in my, my eye, God. and I'm, but I'm picking them off and throwing them across the room. I could hear them hit the wall. There's some weird jumping, biting beetle thing in there. I got That's the baller room? Uh, this is that's the nicest room in the place, <laughs> and it's there, I could smell the raw sewage. There's a mosque literally through a window. There's a tiny window, and there's a mosque. And all night I'm hearing Muslim prayer, and I'm like, I am so out of my comfort zone right now. And you know, but I, I went through that, and um, then I come, and you know, there's a hole in the floor to uh, for uh, for a bathroom, and there's a little tap that pours out drizzles of yellow water uh, that you splash <laughs> on your face. That's your shower. But everyone's happy. There's a guy literally standing to me, standing next to me, like uh, he's in a fucking UNESCO commercial with flies on his face, like five of them. He's not even swatting them away. He's just standing there with flies on his face. Then I come back to the United States after, <laughs> and it drove me crazy because uh, I have nothing against my girlfriend. I love her very much. But we went to a, a hotel in Montana. We were driving across the country, and there was no hot water in this place. They, they just didn't have hot water. And she comes out. She's so mad. She's like, there's no hot water. What, what are we paying for? This is bullshit. Why, why are we? And I'm like, I've just, I'm like, but there's water, isn't there? I mean, it, it, you, you can wash your face. Yeah, it's shitty, but... Uh. You know, it's so funny. I just had twins, and I'm reading to them, and I'm reading this book of self-accusations, right? Yeah. Accusations, Actualization. No. Actualization, <laughs> thank you. And I'm reading them the book, and what you're talking about is what this whole Hindu thing is all about, mm. which is the basically escape materialism. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, get yeah. back to simplicity 
And what a real big thing is helping others. Right. Like it really, that is like at its core, what this whole thing, whatever we're at right now, whatever we're doing right now, wherever we're living on, the thing is we, we are here to learn to help others. Right. And right. when you talk about the, the guy, the people who live in nothing minus material wealth and how happy they are. Yeah. And then you look at the people here. I mean, there is a reason why we see the riches of rich, mm -hmm. their children, train wrecks, uh, drug addicts, because it's all material wealth. Well, that goes back to that Roman quote. Um, it, it goes like uh, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. And the children of the mega rich are in the weak men period. They uh, had good times and they created weak men. And so you find them, you know, uh, on drugs, uh, you know, getting into horrible situations for them. So look at Michael Douglas's son. I mean, that guy went to jail for years. He, he did some pretty terrible stuff for a long time. He grew up in that kind of, um, you know, uh, mindset. I, I, Steven I Spielberg's nothing. daughter is like, listen, <laughs> I know adult film stars. Yeah. I met a lot of them born into worlds of shit. And, you know, I mean, this is a weird way to look at it, but it's almost like pro athletes getting out of the ghetto yeah. by being great at a sport. Some of these girls come from the worst of the worst, and this, this job they do allows them to lift, get out of the poverty. Now, I don't agree with it. Do I want my daughters doing it? No, of course not. Well, I want to I wanna note something here you got on the screen. If you could go back for a second and reload that picture that was on the screen there on, on Fox News. This is really fucked up right there. Yeah. It won't show so it. It, it uh, won't show it. But it what, what's kind of crazy is, like, there's... The, the picture that they use, there it is, the picture they've been using of Steven Spielberg's daughter on all these things about her being a porn star, that picture is her when she was like 13 or 14. Isn't that kind of fucked up? She's not 13 or 14 anymore. I think she's 27. All the pictures they keep showing of her are her as a kid. I, I find that kind of fucking well, weird, too. I, I, don't f I mean, it's only weird if you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And but that I, totally makes sense yeah. to me. I mean, like the st allegedly the, the who Steven Spielberg really is <laughs> is very dark <laughs> and oh, very man. ugly. And listen, dude, <laughs> I, listen, man. I, I get porn is not. I mean, like porn has had its negative effects on, on my life. I, I've been I've been cutting it out. I don't want to watch it anymore. It, it, you know, but just because something is is to me has done detriment to me. I don't believe we should like drugs. Like I don't, I don't do drugs, but because drugs have had a negative effect on my life. Right. But I believe that drugs should not be illegal because it's right. just a way to send poor people to jail. And it just gives more power to an organized crime racket we call government. But I want to note um, that it's, there, I mean, important. While it, it desensitizes people and, and all that, I think it also uh, probably has saved a few lives from people that are completely batshit crazy and they just watch porn instead of walking down alleyways and looking for women. So I think there's also an upside to it as well. well I do want to... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's let's be real. I mean, how many how many like creepy old men have been sitting around and, and, and thinking of doing terrible things and watch porn instead? I think it's probably saved a few lives. You know, I mean, it's just like, you know, I have uh, on this show, there's a, a, a blessing that there's a large conservative group of people watch show mm -hmm. and i'm very thankful for them 
again, it goes back to what we're talking about with these golden rules. If you know, a rule is I want people out of my, li- I want mm-hmm. the government out of my life. I want people to live their lives, mm-hmm. okay? And they have the right to live their life how they is, and that includes fucking their li- life up. Yeah. And it sucks to say that because I've seen people fuck their lives up. Right. But we can't start making rules against things that we don't like and then get mad when people try to make rules against us and how we live our life, yeah. man. And the best thing you can do is people who are addicted to these things is help them get out of their addiction. Again, right. help people it's not making laws right. outlawing these things because those things never work show me one thing that's been outlawed that went away it doesn't yeah the only thing that happens is you throw poor people in jail of course and i mean also on top of that uh i mean when you when you set these kinds of precedents you end up allowing some crime racket that the government has killed more people than any other entity pollutes more than any other entity we expect these guys to be the moral harbinger of good and and you know save people from themselves uh i'm i'm a big believer i'm a big believer in um individuals just take care of themselves freedom and responsibility are the same thing it's synonymous all freedom is is responsibility all freedom is is just taking care of yourself and not expecting other people to take care of you um it's very very simple but with that said like i'm an anarchist i don't believe in governments at all but um i I, when it when it comes down to it people will always organize and they'll find a way to organize for me as long as it's voluntary and they're not putting guns to my head i mean we're talking about governments that go around the world ultimate power uh, corrupts absolutely they killed millions of people in iraq and they've killed millions of people throughout the world and uh in this fight against terrorism well who's a terrorist them or the guys that they armed and funded over there that they're fighting or like and you know our our war of independence against the yeah. British. Who's the terrorist in that whole thing? Yeah, I hate to tell you, the British looked at us like we were the terrorists. Yeah, it's perspective. We are over there. It, the best way to stop our sons and daughters from being hurt is getting them out of there. But that doesn't that doesn't benefit the state, though. At the end of the day, the state benefits most from the most chaos, order out of chaos. And what they're doing is they've for think of it this way. They help prop up Hitler against the Communist Party. Then they help prop up the USSR against Hitler. Then they armed and funded the Mujahideen against the USSR. They armed and funded the Iraqi Ba'athist Party against Iran. They armed and funded uh, the uh, Ho Chi Minh in, uh, through FDR in the 1930s into the 40s, and then it turned into the Vietnam War. They blew up their own tankers in order to go to those wars. They've killed millions and millions of people, and we're supposed to look at them as the guys that'll fix the fucking problem they create in the first place, and what they are are doing is terrorism plain and simple there's nothing more terroristic than spreading fear uh, spreading ideology by fear and by doing that killing millions of people that's the definition of terrorism and we're supposed to sit back and think all is fine they'll fix the problems they created people have a short memory that's by that's by that's not a coincidence people have a short memory because um, they follow the news and there's a new story every day and remember when the Vegas shooting happened literally one day after the shooting they were talking about something else on the news like they just pushed that under the rug at first it was the craziest shooting in uh, mass shooting in American history and then the next day they're like oh uh, LeBron James did something and it's like in immediately they just cut that story out when was the last time you heard about the Vegas shooting I live in Las Vegas I, I mean no one in Las Vegas believes the official story of the Vegas shooting I have, I have friends that were there at that uh, at that concert that night they witnessed people's heads blow up and then you know we get this story from the news that it was one shooter it definitely wasn't all that kind of stuff and it's all by the script because we hear about it for two seconds and then it's gone it's just gone from the news it's scrubbed 
And because, you know, they're testing different things on us, um, psychological warfare in order to. Oh, I wouldn't have doubted, dude. This Virginia rally, that was a test. Yeah. That was when they Virginia was thinking about trying to ban martial arts. That was a test. It's all test to see yeah. how people will react to that shit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was, if the test went the way they thought, but the reaction to them trying to take away guns in Virginia was a loud reaction, dude. And it brought everybody together. And you saw everybody taking pictures, you know, black uh, gun rights owners, white gun rights owners, mm-hmm. gay gun rights owners. Everybody came together. Yeah. Well, and, and this is all part of another agenda as well. It's all well, it's all part of the same one. Uh, when it comes to shadow banning and demonetizing uh, independent media, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, it's fucking crazy. I'm on a thing called float.app now. That's F-L-O-T-E dot A-P-P. It's honestly the best social media I've seen because, uh, well, I'm, I'm saying that out of bias because a good friend of mine created it. Um, but they, they created it with the idea of uh, being censorship resistant because I've been dealing with some serious bullshit on YouTube. They cut my audience size down by 90%. I was hit. I was reaching a million people a week. I was the fastest growing independent media in the world. Yeah, dude. And they they cut me down so much that I'm making no money off of it anymore. I can't get sponsors because they've cut down my viewership so much. I'll literally watch a video get 500 views within the first five minutes, and then three hours later, it's at 1,200 views. Yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> and you know what's crazy? That's that's not the channel. Uh, but it's World Alternative Media on YouTube. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, but, you're speaking to the. Same thing happened to us. They they took us down off of a Blue Chew ad. Yeah. You know, and the truth of the matter is, it's like, say whatever you want, man. Listen, we have seen the man behind the curtain. When YouTube got rid of quote unquote conspiracy Mm. videos, they lost like $80 billion in revenue, right? right? So you lose $80 billion in revenue, you would think, okay, we have to change our business plan because it's causing us money. Did they do that? No, they doubled down on it more because it's not a business plan. What's upsetting to me is that nobody, like the people who listen to your channel, listen to my channel, Mm -hmm. listen to all these great channels out there, they know what's going on, but they won't leave it. Mm -hmm. They won't follow us. I've made this broken simulation. We get like a, a, a tenth of our viewership because people won't follow us there. And it's not like I'm asking you to get in your car and f- or fly somewhere. Or I'm pay. Asking, it's free. It's like just put bo- broken Bro- yeah, simulation I know. into are- your b- web browser and you got it. <laughs> people are, people get so fucking lazy. I mean, they just expect everything to be given to them. I, I love my viewers. They, uh, they have made me capable of doing this for a living. It's fucking amazing. I get to do whatever I want traveling around the world. Well, not everything I want. I work 18 hours a day. But, I mean, I, I work hard at it, but I love doing it. But, you know, I, I remember most of my videos were seen through suggested content. So on YouTube, they'd show 72% of my views would come from suggested videos on the side of the YouTube videos. And what happened was suddenly overnight, I interviewed David Icke, and they overnight cut me down because of that interview. And what happened was I went from 72% of views coming from suggested videos to 1.2%. 1.2% of my views come from suggested videos now. They shut me down so much. I, I, I did a video with Richard Gage. I've, uh, 
architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. I've done multiple videos with him and documentaries over the years. I put up a video and it got like 600,000 views or something like that. Four years later, uh, this last year, I'm in Spain. And thank God I'm on the right timeline or time zone because if I were in the United States at the time, I wouldn't have seen the email that YouTube sent me saying they've removed the video for inciting violence. We're talking about fucking physics. We're talking about why it's wrong to incite violence in the Middle East. It was called inciting violence and hate speech. They took the video down, gave me no dispute process, so I ended up going to my creator chat because I have over 100,000 subs on YouTube, and I just started um, bombarding them with messages until they got some group meeting together and it said, okay, fine, we'll put the video back up. And then um, a few weeks later, I went back to it on another account and it's unable to be seen. Banned in your country. Um, they've taken down a, a full documentary I did on JFK the same way. Um, so it's, it's, it's no, it's completely nuts. I'm if looking at the account right now. I'm looking at his, I take the, the first video he has up. I scroll down. It's uh, uh, PBS, Vice, yep. uh, Fox News, CNBC, like, how is that relevant, or why would you suggest me that when I'm, in his, when I'm on his page? The only Dude. thing they, they recommend that's good on the side panel is Joe Rogan, because I yeah. tag Joe Rogan in all my videos. Yeah, you get Listen, go to my page, right? <laughs> See if this works. Go to my page, Sam Tripoli. Hit playlist, right? Okay. Find me Tim Fall Hat with Sam Tripoli playlist on there. It's not there. For the record, adults talking, specials, conspiracy now, but not the actual. Dude, 100%. I mean, this is what's crazy. I, I was talking to a guy a couple of weeks ago who's he was inspired to become a YouTuber because he saw my videos, which um, was awesome. He's He gets all these views. By the way, you have way more views than me with 79,000 uh, subscribers than I have with 137,000. Dude, I, listen to me, <laughs> man. Like we used to get <laughs> twice that. Yeah, I know. We used to get twice that, and It'll they would just... And do because of this Bluetooth ad that everybody does. Yeah, they jacked my. They they just. Your videos are going to go down another ninety percent in the near, probably in the next year. Perfect. Um, but this is the thing. This is the thing. I mean, uh, I was. I, I this guy says, uh, you know, I'm. I was inspired to do videos because of you. He has over a hundred thousand subs on YouTube now. He's like, but I haven't seen you in years. I, th I thought you quit. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, over a thousand people a month are automatically unsubscribed from me, so yeah. that it stays level. And he looked me up on YouTube, typed in World Alternative Media right in front of me, the name of my channel. And he went six pages on YouTube before he found it. Any of my videos, none of my videos showed up. It was just yeah, gone from that specific phone for YouTube searches. It's like one in every five people can't find it if they look it up. So it's infuriating to me because I, and it's not, it's not just about my money. I don't care about the money. I can find a way to make money. What I care about is that they're shadow banning, so we can't get information out that can save lives. And I say save save lives because if independent media were around in 2002, up to the lead up to Iraq. The Iraq War most likely wouldn't have happened anywhere near the scale that it did. No, we I see agree that. with you, brother. They tried to do it with Iran and it died. Yeah, in Syria, and everyone was like, "No, that was a false flag." Even Tucker Carlson's like, "No, uh, that Syria chemical thing that was a false flag. We have no evidence." And guess what? A paper came out two months ago from the State Department that showed that they had no evidence Assad did it, and they were doing it to build up to war with uh, Syria. And there's still people who believe that narrative. Yeah. Blowing up ancient sites so, in Syria, by so the way. So when you, uh, oh yeah, dude, this goes back to what you're talking about. Dude, these, dude, they don't, it's this group of people that don't want us to know how special they are mm. because they are not that. Right. They're gross. They're demonic. 
they're uh, they made a deal with the devil and they don't want us to know how special we are. Right. And they're they're folk they get us focused on all this bullshit and we have this group at the top, these skull and crossbones, these boulets, yeah. this uh whether gay mafia, whoever they are, dude. <laughs> lizard people. They whatever they're not lizard they're people, they're us who sold their soul. Right. To get a, a get a, a to get entrance into this private club and look i i love i love money but and i've had a lot of money and i've had no money and i i didn't feel any different between them i'm not going to say i was more happy when i was poor because i certainly wasn't but with that said i didn't feel a difference and these people get so get on power trips this isn't about money for them either i mean it, it's about power it's the same reason why you have bill clinton raping children you have this guy who has so much fucking money that it gets to the They'll point where he doesn't even spend make any, it in a million yeah, lifetimes so it doesn't matter anymore to him he has all this money and he goes well you know, I, I need to feel powerful. I need to find a way to feel powerful. And that's why we see so many of these powerful people do these terrible things to children. It might not even be a fetish of theirs. They might not be actually even into children. They just like control over other people. Weaker people than them, they like taking advantage of vulnerable people because it makes them feel powerful. It's a psychological complex, uh, and it's completely disgusting. These people are in cults uh, for this reason and do these, you know, there's these uh, grooming gangs that you hear of as well. I mean, these are people that even if they had a hundred billion dollars, it's not about the money to them anymore. It was enough money when it hit a hundred million. How to about them. like Bill Gates and like this coronavirus and him yeah. calling out these this this pandemic that he said is right. going to kill sixty million people, <laughs> and like like he's Babe Ruth calling out his home run. <laughs> And it's happening, and like he's still allowed to talk to people. They they love it. They love a contagion because, well, first of all, it depopulates the world, and second, they can stick needles in everyone's arms. And third, I mean, you you look at Zika virus, H one N one, H two N nine, SARS, foot and mouth disease, Lyme disease. By the way, many of those came from Plum Island, just off of New York, which caused a contagion to spread through New what York City. What is Plum Island? Plum Island um, was a, a disease research facility where they would create strains of diseases right by New York, right by Lyme, Connecticut. And that's where uh, the Lyme outbreak happened. That's where the foot and mouth outbreak happened. Um, they changed um, from Plum Island to cattle country a, key, a few years ago. So now they have another facility in the middle of, I believe, Kansas. But anyway, it's just, it's absolutely crazy. They're definitely trying to spread diseases and ailments and illnesses and plagues. But um, with that said, I do, I do want to jump back quickly to mention um, uh, with this with this censorship that we're seeing, we're up against one of the biggest rock and hard places we've ever seen in censorship. We're talking Soviet-style censorship on crack because what we're seeing isn't just Soviet, it's digital. They are literally deciding what we can or cannot see online. 1984, it, dude. It's 2084 at this point, dude. I mean, we were past <laughs> 1984 a long time ago. We have gotten into the realm of complete technocratic Chinese-style super grid that we don't even realize exists yet. And we're all going to be put on social credit through Facebook and stuff like that. And this is why, like, I've been I've been plugging um, this float.app place because we got James Corbett on there. We got uh, a whole bunch of uh, really big names uh, moving to float. That's F-L-O-T-E dot a, It's an app? It's it's an app. It's a social media. It's replacing Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Tumblr, Reddit, and Patreon all float in one. On? Uh, no, F-L-O-T-E dot app float.app and they're replacing all these things they, they have encrypted private messaging they have monetization on videos so by the way you right. guys can post videos on this site 
um, and get monetized. You get money from monetization because it's not the the advertisers that have a problem with your content not necessarily. It's YouTube. You the advertisers themselves will a- will advertise. Um, then you got um, live streams where you have super chats, cryptocurrency integrated, all that kind of stuff. And most of all, and most importantly, no algorithm. Algorithm is what's killing us all right now. It's reach. It's our ability to actually reach people. And what I see today is an attack on people's algorithm. You you post something and they deep six it the moment you post it. I mean, oh yeah, there's some great memes. There's some Sean. good stuff right yeah. here. Look at this uh, Marty Gruffalo. <laughs> oh yeah, they just had one of LeBron James taking money from China. Oh. All right, dude. Well, I mean, if anything, you got us. Hey, I mean, I'm gonna when look the, at float. I'm gonna join it, man. When they, when they, um, when you see the trending list and it's like coronavirus, Epstein, and all that kind of stuff, it's pretty cool. I mean, the interesting thing is that it's aiming for everyone because we have to reach people who disagree with us. Well, you know, Gab was like great, and then they, then something <laughs> happened to that guy, and he, he got like super religious, and then he. He was like pushing anti-porn shit. I saw that. That was oh man. And I'm like, dude, you can't be. You can't listen, dude. You can't call for censorship of something you don't like. Okay, you can't be like, be out of my, get out of vaccines out of my children, get out of my gun laws, get out of my freedom of speech. But oh, censor women's uh, right to control their body. You just can't do that, man. We must ban anal sex. I mean, like, good luck. I mean, like, the anal sex police. It pisses people off, but it's like, it's the truth, man. You can't be anti-government in some things and then be pro in the other things. Listen, I would love to figure out a way that the government could counter medical costs. I don't know who's big enough to do that because, we again, we don't have free market in our health care. I'm going to say something very controversial. But I don't want... Okay, let's hear it. Well, I'm from Canada. I, I know government health care pretty well, and it's fucking horrible. If you oh. want to die in a waiting room, waiting 12 hours, it's the best way to go. Because what happens, and this but is another But we die conspiracy. here because of not being right. able to afford it. There's a reason for that. So what happens is um, these pharmaceutical giants, these monopolies, there's a couple of them, get taxpayer money. It doesn't go to the treatment necessarily. I mean, people get some free stuff, but it mostly goes towards pharmaceutical companies. Then these pharmaceutical companies get further monopolized. Then they are in the United states as well i mean the same pharmaceutical companies they have no incentive to compete because they just got an unlimited amount of billions of dollars coming from the government in canada and other countries that uh have quote-unquote free health care and then people die in waiting rooms because there's no actual care look i got i got poisoned uh, a couple years ago in las vegas uh, a oh, couple geez. days after i moved there purposely like uh, i think so um oh so i was my in God. so i i drank water a couple sips of water that i left on uh, stupidly at the bar at the aria in in las vegas i left it there for like um, five minutes, came back and drank it. It was ha- Halloween night, 2018. And I suddenly started feeling kind of weird and the water tasted funny. And within five hours, I was in critical condition. I, w- I was going blue in the face, vomiting to the point where I couldn't anymore. I was, I couldn't drink any water. My lips were chapped and bleeding. I was, uh, I, I, my heart rate was over 175. Ended up in the hospital in Las Vegas. Uh, I was getting, I got there on my hands and knees because I refused to take the $1,400 ambulance, which by the way, in Canada, it's about $1,400 too. You still pay for it there. But um, I get there and I'm crawling on my knees and within one second, they've They've hooked me up and they saved my life. And if that happened in Canada, and I know this for a fact, I have many family members in uh, the medical care field as well. If it happened in Canada, 
I would have died 110%. I know people who've had heart attacks and they have to wait six hours in the waiting room with a heart attack. People who've had strokes waiting hours in the waiting room. Uh, so the problem with the price in the United States, and it is pure extortion, is that these pharmaceutical companies are monopolized by the government. It's all by design. They, they make you want more government to solve the problems of government. The Canadian government has sent so much fucking money to these pharmaceutical giants that there's no small business um, you know, competition. They have patents laws so you can't take that medicine and make it better and sell it at a cheaper price there's no free market so there's no free market zero so then you end up with this problem and then people say well it's so expensive in the united states yeah it is there's a reason for it and the reason shouldn't be mitigated with more government the reason should be mitigated with free markets and how do you get there uh, well, first of all, fucking abolishing this goddamn state that has killed millions of people and is propping up these pharmaceutical giants. And I mean, the pharmaceutical industry is about to go from a multi-billion dollar industry to a multi-trillion dollar industry over the next several years. And it's all backed by Nazis. Yeah, and forced vaccinations and all that kind of stuff. And it's happening. And so there's already states in the United States that are forced vaccinating children. So, I mean, we're at the end point here. And if we don't do something immediately... We're all in a world of how shit. we get. Yeah, that's the question. It's like, how are. do you do that? Yeah. How do we get to everybody? I mean, like you just have everybody under the trance. You know, again, you have these boules, these uh, these secret society people who are just just being pushed to the front, manipulating the mm -hmm. masses. I mean, dude, do you know Oprah Winfrey still has a channel called the We Network? Yeah. Have you ever gone to the We Network? <laughs> and seen the programming on there now? You mean the transgender children? It is it is like dating after lockup. Oh, it's right it here. It is the worst. And this is <laughs> Oprah, who's supposed to be like this savior who's like teaching you Oprah the bestie. fat chick who teaches you how to lose weight. Oprah the fat chick <laughs> who teaches you how to raise your children, even though she has no children. Right? Yeah. I mean what are we doing? I here? actually like Snoop Dogg's Good. takedown of Gale and 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 uh, Oprah oh, and there. then he got <laughs> and then they put him in his place and yeah. he apologized. That's the hardest Snoop Dogg has ever done anything since the '90s. Usually, I just look at him. I'm like, is that a black lesbian? But uh, he's he's uh, he's getting back into the old, uh, you know hip-hop fucking culture that he used to be in uh he's I, I didn't he have a show with martha stewart recently yeah well dude he uh he basically <laughs> the rumor is allegedly that they had him on a murder rap and he played ball and that's why yep. and as soon as he went after gal they put him in his place and then released a picture of his son dressed as a right. woman well so, so and that's I, part of the blackmail that yeah. goes on buckham they bucked them real quick. They're like, hey, yeah. Get back in place, homie. Yeah, we're, they we're talking about them real uh, quick. You know, solutions are really fucking important. And, and one of the things that I think is a solution to all this, uh, people say armed revolution, all that kind of stuff. I actually think um, the. I don't believe that we should have a revolution. Revolutions always lead to more government. I think we should have an evolution, and that evolution is via technology. We're developing decentralized technologies that are replacing the old guard system. Look at Uber and Lyft versus the taxi mafias. Look at, look at Airbnb versus the hotel mafias. Look at um, things like Bitcoin versus the Federal Reserve and all these other cryptocurrencies like Monero that are um, private. I mean, we're seeing that happen. We replace government, and people will unwittingly take it because um, tyranny comes under the guise of 
convenience. And if you can utilize convenience to do good, you can literally replace the old guard system with a new system. And the way that you do that is by developing new things that re replace a need for government, uh, you know, infrastructure, government um, programs. You replace it by creating great things on the market, which is difficult today, but something that we are seeing because people naturally shift over to these alternatives. And that's exactly how the ta why the taxi mafia is freaking out over Uber and like attacking Uber drivers in the streets in many places throughout the world. I mean, it's, it's you're, you're right. They, we do create something better. But then what happens? There's Uber. There's the government trying to get at Uber, telling them they can't go at the airport, telling them you got to walk 10 a mile to get an Uber. So right. that makes people not with money, but people who don't want any convenience mm -hmm. get a taxi. Yeah. But how long does it work for? I mean, look at, for example, how YouTube worked and, and people always decentralize naturally. They decentralize from things like the radio, from newspapers to the radio. That's more decentralized than newspapers when William Randolph Hearst owned all the, all the newspapers. Then they decentralize from that to television as the radios were all controlled. Then they moved from television to the internet like YouTube. And now people are sick of YouTube. YouTube uh, viewership is dropping like a rock and they're going to other platforms but really fucking slowly. We have to wake people up to that and make it more convenient because they like YouTube because they can find all their stuff on there. But it's getting hard and harder to find well, good shit the on problem YouTube. is it's it's becoming network television and if we know anything about network television like you're you're in every home there's 350 million people right. that you have access to and that's the number they tell us yeah it's way higher and you're getting yeah. three million views that's what you're telling us yeah. a million views a mil two million views and yeah. the only reason the Super Bowl does well is because it's an old school institution and it like People still believe in pro sports. I get pro sports is rigged. Stop yelling at me. I grew up on pro basketball. I love it. Okay? But it's all dying. And yeah. I even think the news, I, I even think television and, and network, tele, it's just all rigged. The people who own all the networks own everybody who's advertising. Yeah. So it's just money. They're just moving money. Well, I mean, one thing that has been very inspirational to me is to see people like Joe Rogan. I mean, who fucking saw that coming? Who saw people, more people watching Joe Rogan than the mainstream news, than the Tonight Show, than, than people watching all these major network um, you know, interview shows? And it's the last thing you'd expect because for a long time, short form was a thing. And suddenly, like four fucking hour podcasts, people are watching it all the way through. They're watching it before work and then on their way home from work. And they go through all these long ass um, podcasts. And they love it, and it's become popular. And now more people are watching him than you know. People are watching a lot of these uh, mainstream networks. Yeah, and now you have a four-hour podcast, and how many ads do they still throw in there? Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> it used to be you used to be able to yeah. watch it. You would get the ads in the beginning, and that was it. Now right. you'll get an ad, and if you don't press that skip button. They'll throw another motherfucker in there till you're basically done, till you're paying attention. So if you're not paying attention, they'll just keep throwing ads at you till you press that skip button. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, what's crazy is when they, they don't completely demonetize me. They demonetize me about 95%. But what's crazy is that when they demonetize my content, which is the moment I press publish, it's immediately demonetized and I have to send it in for review. And then six days later, they get back with a review and there's no more views coming in. But what's interesting is when they demonetize it, they say it's not advertiser friendly. But then if I sign in on another channel or another account and I watch my own video... There's ads on it. YouTube's just taking all the money for themselves. It's not advertiser friendly unless uh, YouTube gets all the fucking money. That's interesting. And, and I've, that's I've got video evidence of that. Cracking down. Like, I got my, uh, basically, my monetization taken away. Well, the channel is taken away because of Blue Chew. Mm -hmm. And they said, you can't put these ads in there. And it's like, you can't put links because <laughs> they want all the ad revenue. And they're, they're even going to get mad. They go, are, 
are you selling ads in the in the uh, in the video?" And they're like, "Yeah." And it's like, what they want to be is they want to be a studio or a network that doesn't pay for the content. Right. Like NBC pays for the content to get made, yeah. So they can sell the ad space if they want. Mm -hmm. YouTube doesn't want to pay for the ads, no. the, the the content, but they want to keep all the ad money. Yeah, I know. It's it's almost criminal. It's almost criminal. It's it's crazy to see. Um, like even with Blue Chew, you look and there's other channels that you know the main advertisement that's coming through is you know Viagra or Cialis or something like that. It, it, they're they're able to do that on like the main Google ad uh, network that they use, AdSense. But if you do it. If you do it, it's inappropriate. It's wrong. You can't do that. Uh, they they promote um, war on CNN. That's not inciting violence. It's it's that's totally fine. You say war is bad. Inciting violence, your channel can be taken down. I mean, think of dude, the double speak. It's all double speak, dude. All of it. It's like racism is bad on Twitter unless you're an a Asian editor for Washington, uh, the New York Times, talking about how all white people should die, and they get that fly. But I also think that's done on purpose to get us all to fight with each other. Right. Well, and I, I mean, I'm I, I'm so sick of people being offended by anything. I mean, again, this is another ev more evidence of of fucking privilege. The people, the most underprivileged people in this country. Yeah. are more privileged than almost any country in the world. Even like in Ukraine, people are living in really squalid conditions in a lot of that country. They come here and they're like white and people are like, you white dad. It's like this guy grew up with no indoor plumbing and was froze to death in it's the winter. It's so ridiculous. And it's fucking dude. ridiculous. But I mean, whenever someone says they're offended, I'm just like, well, I hope you get the help you need because I don't know what to do for you. Well, I'm you like, know, okay. the, I think that's all <laughs> psychological too. I mean, they're basically trying... Creating people who, the minute they turn eighteen, have to get on psych meds to deal with reality. Yeah, yeah. and that's all done on purpose because the, the the pharmaceutical companies ran by fucking Nazis. Great, yeah, I know, I know. Well, we Josh, you <laughs> are a G. I appreciate this. You got I anything else you want to add? I feel like I cut you off right there. Uh, no. Uh, well, I mean, just uh, if anyone wants to check out my documentary on the reshot structure where I try. I mean, the best part's two hours in when I actually get to the structure. Uh, people rush me to get the fucking video. <laughs> 13 hours of footage and people are like, get it up now, you fraud, you shill. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm doing it for free, but okay, sure. Uh, so I, I rush it up without music or anything, background music, all that. So it's three hours long. But if you want to watch my crazy trip through the Sahara hitchhiking, going through minefields, that's in the video um if you want to watch me analyze the ground at the site where no one had really gone and inspected in the in the past uh definitely worth checking that out blue rocks on the ground fucking crazy colors on the ground um, massive ridges and water erosion everywhere um if you scroll down my page you will not be able to find it so i suggest people go to my ancient civilizations playlist where i have tons of inter or, uh, documentaries including from greece at the hellenicon pyramid which predates the pyramids of egypt uh at karahan tepe in turkey vi videos from the syrian border all sorts of stuff so i definitely recommend that and make sure to check out my channel world alternative media um and find us on float at at W-A-M, as well as at Josh Sigurdsson. Again, that's F-L-O-T-E dot A-P-P for float.app. I really recommend everyone goes there. And I really appreciate the work that you're doing because, you know, there's not enough people out there that are in, uh, you know, in this kind of world in Hollywood 
and are really actually trying to get a message out. They're, you're not afraid. You're actually doing what you believe in. And obviously, uh, congratulations, by the way, on on your two children, uh, which sounds crazy. I'm surprised you're even awake right now. But, <laughs> Dude, hey, barely, brother. <laughs> but, barely. hey, I mean, um, all the more reason for you to be doing what you're doing because it's not even just about you and I or anyone in this room. It's about... Um, the future generations and I can't even imagine what they're going to have to go through so we have to work hard to make sure that they don't have to deal with the bullshit that we're all concerned they will have to go through it's gotten so crazy in the last 10 years and I don't know how crazy it's going to get in 10 years from now I'm optimistic long term I'm very very not much not optimistic short term so we need to work hard we need to get people um, on our side and on our page and start following us to alternatives start doing something about this it's not just us it's everyone watching everyone needs to do something just try and do something even if it's liking or sharing it, it makes a difference and we need those armies behind us immediately and, and as fast as possible possible dude we're on this planet to help others right it's not about black white male female straight gay muslim jew or christian <laughs> it's about people dude mm -hmm. and it's about helping other people mm -hmm. and loving other people and that's, that's the right. only way you transcend brother and uh i appreciate you coming on josh one more time tell them where your social media is world alternative media on youtube uh josh f sigurdsson on facebook you can follow me there and i'm on twitter world alt media world alternative media on instagram Mines, bit shoot. You know, I'm I'm backing myself up on everything these days. You I know? was doing bit shoot. It got impossible to upload. It I just know, took dude. I just like I'm Six sorry. Days. I tried to do it, brother. Six I days? tried to help Seriously. you. No, it would take forever. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, dude, it, it would get there, and I go back, and the video wasn't there. I'm like, I tried, dude. I yeah, tried. Tried. I like that you can live stream on uh, Float too. Yeah, you can live stream. Uh, you can get super chats on Float, and I think something that gives a lot of incentive to creators is that you can monetize. You can get video ads. All right, dude, we're gonna on do it. your posts. You can make money, and you'll get it in Bitcoin. And so, if you don't have Bitcoin, I'm get your Bitcoin. Action, dude. Go to an ATM if you don't want it, and spit out some uh, fiat FRN notes, and uh, um, you know, give yourself the mark of the beast with that that bullshit but i mean uh anyway i i, I appreciate you having me josh anytime an you're in town to. come on man you know i i appreciate you really i knew you were great but you blew me away today i gotta hit up the comedy store sometime soon how I'll long are you in town for uh tomorrow oh dude you should stay one more night and come to comedy chaos oh, dude, dude. The lineup it's is already sold out day before it's the number one show in the in it's the number one show <laughs> At the number one comedy club in the world. Well, hey, Sam, if you can get me in, I'll... I'll, I'll. I know some people. I'll talk to them. <laughs> if you stay, you come as my guest. You can come to both shows or one shows. It's They're both already sold out, so we're just enjoying this ride while we can. You know, my show's a little show, dude, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm not perfect. Obviously, I, I fuck people's names up, and, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying, dude, to, like, get out the information and let the people hear it to the best we can. You know, uh, there seems to be forces who push against us. And it's just I'm a dick joke comic, brother. Just trying to have a good time. And I'm interested in spiritual skepticism of the official narrative. Not trying to change mm. anything, but just trying to pop minds. I'm not trying to suck any dick here, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I, I don't know very many comedians have laughed as hard at uh, jokes as I've laughed at yours. So I Thank really you, appreciate dude. what you well, do. Well, dude, we got a bromance going on yeah. right now because... Uh, <laughs> I, I love what you did, man. I mean, I, I now that I have two kids, I can't I, I think, oh man, I can't go do that at this moment. But man, to go to those places because I don't know what's going on out there. I only know what's happening in this room. Mm -hmm. 
So I don't know what's going on there. You know, you talked about they don't want us to leave our houses. They want us to stay at home. So they scare us about everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of all the riots going around the world. And now this, 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 coronavirus. Uh, this coronavirus, it's everywhere. Dude, well, I mean, stay just- home. Oh, dude, they're talking about you should <laughs> self, uh, you know, quarantine yourself. And it's like, yeah, it's trying to quell it's because there's a great awakening. I know the, the awakening takes 25,000 years or whatever it is, but. Something's happening. Yeah, go, go to the Syrian border, guys. Uh, uh, you heard it here first. Uh, I mean, the fucking infrastructure there is amazing. Everyone's driving a Porsche or a BMW, and in the news, all you see is craters. Um, there's a fucking a lot of doublespeak when it comes to traveling. Everyone should do it, but be careful. And if you're a woman, be extra careful. There's certain places that women shouldn't go. But anyway, um, it, it's an amazing world out there. There's so much you can learn from, and everyone's desensitized by television. It's uh, it's time that you open your mind to new worlds out there that you're not getting a hold of on television. You like crazy places, right? I love crazy places. What about uh, Epstein's Island? You ever think uh, about doing so that? So my one? friend Luke Rudowski yep, went yeah. there. Adam, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, why I had yeah. to bring that up. Um, I've got plan. I can't say it on the air because that would kind of ruin it. But um, you know, there's there's stuff and things that I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I, I was saying to you guys before the show when I when I go to the State Department's website and I see a red zone, I want to go there. That's the place I want to go because most likely when the government and the, the U.S. government says don't go somewhere, it's probably fucking awesome. Now that, I'm not saying everyone should follow my advice. If it don't sue me, if you go there and get you know your whatever cut off but um <laughs> i definitely recommend uh, traveling as much as antarctica possible. is the next place huh you'd yeah. love to go there i actually had a, a a trip to antarctica set up earlier this year and actually i should be there right now um but what happened is the guy that was going to bring me who is a crazy millionaire is in jail right now so i can't uh, do that long oh, story. okay epstein uh, no <laughs> no but he he was one of the people that was involved in um bringing luke Rudowski to epstein island so i'll just put it that way this guy is pretty awesome and yeah he right now he's in jail for uh, i i have no idea the details of the case and i can't speak on it but yeah he uh he was always super nice to me i don't know what's going on with that it's a money issue a tax issue or something like that it always but, is. Uh, that's how they get you yeah. and that thing listen dude a lot of you guys think i'm a bernie guy i'm not i just think if it's the wills the people he should he should be able to run I don't want more taxes. I don't want the government and all my shit. But do you really want a guy like that teaching children posture? I mean, fuck, the guy looks like fucking Mr. <laughs> Turtle from Master of Disguise. What about this guy? <laughs> I'm so out of shape for my Krav Maga. I'm so, I didn't get a chance to sleep. Anyways, Josh, yeah. thanks for coming Appreciate on. It. Appreciate it. Anytime you're in town, you're uh, my guest. Uh, come on the show. We'll find something to talk about. I know people go like, yeah, why are you getting get right into uh, uh, Atlantis? Hey, dude, the show goes where it goes. I and mean, it's a wonderful, uh, this was about uh, lost civilizations and modern decay. And we appreciate you guys listening. And we'll, we'll do it again soon, man. This is a week of great shows. And, you know, we're trying to bang out the best we can. And, you know, I hope the swarm finds you and that they love you because that's so. what they do. Okay. So, Josh, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, UXG, for uh Come in here, man. The rest of the show's great. The next, the rest, next two shows are gonna be killer. So, thanks for the support. We'll see you guys soon. Take care. We go deep, homeboy. Open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit.